I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Lott. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Hey, did you hear about the uh, corduroy pillows? No. Oh, I'm surprised they've been making headlines. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that because you saw the shorts? Yeah, I saw the shorts. They're fucking great. I Dude, love it. Corduroy is rad. Like, it took me a minute to get used to it. I accidentally ordered a pair when I was like, I don't know, 14 or something. And I hated it. Absolutely. Like, I, the, just the touch of it made me, like, you know, cringe. And then that was all I wore for like two fucking years, man. It's right. <laughs> yeah, I've only just like come in, like liking them again yeah. recently. I love them. Is there anything that inspired that change or like one day you just pulled it out of uh, the closet and you're like, you know what? These are fucking rad. Uh, well, my missus works for this company. Okay. So I went in the store and I was like, oh, I need a pair of shorts. I was like, fuck it. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> and then I actually like them. I got a few pairs of them now. Sounds like you're going to light shit on fire when you start running. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, guys and gals, we are live. Uh, Man, I want to say welcome back to Blair Smith. And uh, both Alex and I have discovered, Nick, did you know he's not been on the show? It wouldn't have surprised me either way, honestly. How many episodes are we up to now? 182. 182. Yeah, so it's 182 times what you've sat in here and had conversations. It's easy to... You know, I often have the thought of, oh, we should have that person on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And then I'll get on the webpage and look for that person's name and it's like oh yeah we did have the per- oh yeah that conversation did happen so uh yeah it didn't, didn't surprise me yeah because you guys well you guys started it just after i left dude i can tell you've been in australia <laughs> that, <laughs> that accent's coming back strong <laughs> was it a little more watered down when you're here or could you feel it uh, changing when you spent some time here yeah because you have to i have to change everything i say otherwise i have to repeat it six times and then change it anyway so it's like fuck it what like what were the big things you had to change when you first got here gas station yeah okay why what's what's what do you guys call it servo servo Servo. yeah service station servo uh everything or uh what do you call you know the place uh where everybody keeps their car when they're in the drops car park yeah (laughs) parking lot yeah wait so you don't say parking lot at all in australia like will people know what you're talking about if you say parking lot yeah, because they're not idiots. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I guess like car park doesn't sound that foreign to us either, but it, like it's the accent thing. Like I think if if you're not used to it, it sounds a little strange. But like I don't know, we've had a ton of Australian people, so we're pretty used to like the slang and the the accent by now. Alex, if you had to make an estimation of how much time you've spent in your car <laughs> in the last oh two weeks in preparation for this night. How, how many hours would you say? Well, I know that I did about three today. It's funny you mention <laughs> So I, I was up in spring earlier today. From my house, it was like an hour drive, and getting here was like an hour 45. And I was like, oh, I'm practicing. <laughs> <laughs> Going to bust it out. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're current is what you're telling me. Uh, I feel like it, but now you're putting the pressure no, on No, it's me. all good. I know it'll come but out. Like, what, yeah, what but you just like, dude, I, like, you get so good at like reading street signs because like I can only spitball so much. So you're just eventually like, oh, South Post Oak Road. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've been practicing. <laughs> That's so good. Wait, how about uh, yourself, Nick? Have you been practicing? Uh, man, I, I can say so few things in a good Aussie accent. I, mean, I feel like you're and, pretty good uh, most of it is to to our now mutual friend John Lee. Yeah, you fucking dickhead. Yeah, and we go we go down down the rabbit hole with him. There's some pretty uh, pretty intense conversations. Two things: the the servo and it doesn't sound right saying it in American accent. The servo <laughs> and the car park. Yeah. What I, else? Like. I wouldn't even know. Like, well, my missus, she's American. Okay. 
So she's now saying all the Aussie things. And when <laughs> she comes back, she doesn't even know which one's Aussie or American anymore. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of words that are different, like tomato, tomato, aluminium, aluminium. That, yeah, aluminium one. is a weird one. <laughs> I try and look at Aluminum the spelling. Aluminium is a weird one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, weird it's just a well, weird one. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what do you call the things that you put your groceries in? The trolley. A shopping cart. Yeah, we call it a trolley. Oh, I didn't know that one. Buggy trolley. in South Texas. Buggy? Yeah, really? not heard, yeah, buggy. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, feel like I've heard I think it's too. South Texas. Just hearing it's, that word yeah. makes me want to like, kiss my uh, sister. <laughs> 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 or like, you know when you don't have enough space in your car, so you put it in, what, what do you oh, call in the boot? Yeah, in the boot. <laughs> and the engine's in the bonnet. The, the bonnet? bonnet? Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Boot I get, bonnet. Dude, I didn't know that one. <laughs> mm. Do you guys have a glove box? Yeah. Same yeah. way. Glove box, yeah. glove compartment. Yeah. Uh... Dackies. Do you, do you know what dackies are? Is that a familiar word to you? Tracky dacks? Oh, yeah. You use that? Oh, it was trackies. Trackies? Yeah. Okay. Trackies. Track pants? Yeah. Like sweats? Yeah, I guess yeah. You go, yeah. Well, what's a, is, I feel like there's a fun word for pants that I don't remember. Mm, boardies are like boardies. Shorts, swimming yeah. ones. Hell yeah. yeah. That sounds super bro I'm into it. Um, Like your undies are dacks. My brodies and my pluggers. Dax. No, boardies. Yeah, bo- boardies. boardies. Yeah. I thought you said broadies. Bo- bo- boardies. 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 In boardies. Let me plug us. It's going to be two hours. I, actually, I feel like <laughs> that, I was just having that thought of like, is this going to be funny to yeah. anyone else? Cut to any- us like two hours from now and we're still like, boardies? <laughs> boardies? No, boardies. <laughs> but boardies. Boardies. <laughs> I think Josh Hawkins is having a good time. Ah, uh, good eye, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do, wait. So, do you like when did you feel your your accent becoming more uh, more Americanized when you were here, or did it wasn't it like when you got back to Australia you sort of recognized like oh man I don't sound the same. I, I don't know if it was, or I, I don't know because I can't hear myself I guess. But I don't know if my accent changed, but definitely the way I spoke slowed down and changed the words because I couldn't be fucked re-saying everything <laughs> again and again. So I quickly learn <laughs> which ones to say. Did any of your uh, friends, your mates back home, make fun of the way you spoke? Ah, uh, I think that I think it's because it's such a constant conscious change to say the American way. It was just like easier to not say it once I went back home. I think so. I don't know if I called anything. I don't think I ever said the gas station when I was home or anything like that. <laughs> but no accent. They didn't say you sound like a Texan Australian. Nah, don't think so. Yeah. Well, what, uh, the uh, a southern uh, a, a southern, southern Brit. Brawl. No, a southern Brit oh. is an Australian. <laughs> <laughs> so. Fair enough. I think about it, man. Redneck and a Brit, as you got Aussies, dude, right there. <laughs> do you yeah. use the word Seppo? Is that familiar? Yeah. You? All right. Septic tanks. Yep. <laughs> Seppos. How do you feel about the word y'all? I love it. I love you that do? you say all y'all. It all makes y'all? no sense. Or like all, <laughs> all y'all. Y'all. Like all y'alls. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Do you still use it? Like if you go back to Australia, is it... Uh, is it like are, are these American words like accepted or do people just hate you for saying them when you I, go over and say like... Oh, well, I normally say... To people as a joke, yeah, especially like oh, like <laughs> Royce and Katie and that, like, yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that about y'all too. Like I, at first, I would use it ironically and stuff. I don't really say it that much anymore, but when I do, it's mm. like a serious thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's kind of how it like creeps in and becomes just part of your vocabulary. I, I've maybe only given out five genuine y'alls. And it's always like with a group of older folks in Texas <laughs> yeah. who I know this is like, it's going to be a level of connection if I just throw it out there, you know, but uh, I'm going to fit in. I don't like the way, I don't like the way y'all tastes, you know, y'all, you don't use the word like? y'all. Mm-mm. I use the word yonder a lot. Yeah, yonder is a good See, word. Yeah, I can do yonder, but that's like yonder. one of those words that's borderline ironic. 
Well, yonder's not that close. Yonder's way over there. So <laughs> somebody asked where something's at, and I'm trying to point that direction, but it's not close. Yonder. No, yeah. See, but you even hear that. You put a little bit of that southern accent on it. I do. I can't help it. I think I've. I think I established. I was. I was raised for a short time in the South, and naturally had a southern draw as a kid. So it's easily. It, it's probably the laziest and easiest draw to fall into as far as accents in the world. And then when you grow up with it, it comes back pretty easily. Oh, I'm supposed to push buttons. What's up, world? Oh, learned that yeah, move from Nick Law. Looking good. <laughs> Dude, that outtake blooper reel. I showed these Yeah, movies. we just watched the blooper reel. Yeah, I think that's better. I Honestly, uh, so we're talking about the LB altimeter out, uh, tutorial videos. Uh, I watched the first 20 seconds of me doing the real tutorial, and I was like, oh, fuck, I can't do it. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched the entire blooper reel like three times and was loving it. So, uh, yeah, we got to share that one. Yeah, you got to put that up for it sure. Was, it was good. Can we? <laughs> totally. If I was going to ask yes. if I if I could, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, great. So uh, you were only in the states for a year, is that right? Not even. Well, I came on the I think it was the eighteenth of March, and then that's right. I feel like that's a familiar date from. I think you mentioned that in the uh, jump package video. Yeah, and then I left January. So yeah, not even a full year. So uh, right when you got back to Australia. Uh, what what did you get into right away? So I was a builder before um, coming over, and then hold on, pause. Is this myth or a fact that you were a Billabong model? No, that, that was that was Clint 100% just talking true. shit. Hundred percent true. <laughs> I would believe it fully, hundred percent. No, that was Clint just saying it to not, tandem students. Not actually a really? model. No, <laughs> I'd pay to see you with just those bordies on. I do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> okay, used to be a builder, not a Billabong model. Yeah. Okay, and, great. And then. When I went home, I uh, I was going to do... Because I didn't want to do building anymore because my body was ruined from it. Like, my back's pretty bad. And then I enrolled in uni because I was going to do high school woodwork teaching. I was like, that's an easy job. Enrolled in what? Like, teaching high school woodworking. What was the word you called it? Uni. University. Uni. Uh, oh, okay. Got, got yeah, it's college. Oh, no. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> college. <laughs> um, college. And then I was trying to jump at the drop zone just around the corner from my house and they land on the beach and it was kind of like, oh, maybe you can jump there. Maybe like it's going to be pretty hard. And then one of their TIs pounded in and they're like, hey, can you help out for a week? <laughs> <laughs> and first off, I said no. I was like, no, I don't want to. I didn't want to work in the industry because I didn't, you know, the whole hobby job thing. And then I thought about it. I was like, oh, if I help them out for a week, then they'll let me do fun jumps there. And then after like three days of working there, I was like, fuck uni. And like withdrew my application and then, yeah, started throwing drugs full time. Nice, man. That's cool. Yeah. That's not what I expected. Yeah, no, I love it. Like, I, well, and then, yes, yeah, so I did that for like two years, I think it was. Okay. Nice. How so many tandems do you have? Uh, it's about 50 50, so 1,500 tandems and funnies. Man, that's a good balance, though. It's not a bad ratio mm. at all. So in those first three days when you were working there, was there anything specific that like kept you there? Like anything that clicked? Man, this is rad. Um, well, it's just jumping still. I know I really enjoy doing tandems. Yeah. And yeah, you get to mess with someone. Like that drops only turnarounds an hour between loads, um, because we land at the beach, so we have to drive back. Mm. So you get to know the person pretty well. So it's not just like in and out kind of thing. So you mess with them, like the gear up process and then coming back from the beach like when they're all hyped and that kind of stuff so yeah i really enjoyed that and we got to sweep on the beach every day so yeah uh, what sort of plane were they flying a caravan okay cool so plenty of plenty of slots to do a funny yeah we were running like 
five tandems in a caravan. Man, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Even if you're doing a tandem, you get plenty of room to yeah. stretch out. So it was real good. Whatever. And then, yeah, we'd go in on our days off and do funnies and sweep that beautiful ocean. Yeah. So full-time tandem instructor for two years. Yeah. What happens next? And then Brisbane opened up a tunnel. So Brisbane's about an hour away from where I was living and open up iFi. Brisbane. So uh, I can imagine Brizzy. the shape of uh, Australia. Yeah. Uh, everything's on the on the ocean pretty much, right? All, yep. all of civilization. Yep. So what part of Australia are we talking so about? So if you're looking at a map, the most easterly point of Australia is uh-huh. pretty much Byron Bay. Okay. An hour north of that's Gold Coast. And then an hour north of that's Brisbane. Okay. I can imagine it. Yeah. So like just up from that point. Okay. Um, so yeah, they opened up a tunnel. I applied and I got the job. And then, yeah, started working in the tunnel full-time. And then Melbourne, so that was a 12-foot, but like one of the good 12-foot tunnels that's mm-hmm. pretty much straight. Like the uh, glass ones that uh, are just aren't very tall, that, that kind? Uh, the glass is four meters. Okay. Uh, but it's not like uh, like pitched out? Yeah, no, no, it's it doesn't like pretty diffuse. much straight, yeah. Okay, gotcha. And then, um, so I was working there, and then they're, then they were opening up a 14-foot in Melbourne. Um and then, yeah, so I moved to Melbourne and helped open that one. So what's Melbourne like as a city, like compared to a, a U.S. city I might know? Well, Melbourne sucked the last <laughs> two years because of the lockdown. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, we've only just been able to leave. Yeah, I forgot. Australia has had yeah. some pretty crazy lockdowns. Yeah, so, like, I moved to Melbourne at the end of... Well, I moved there mid to late 2019. And then the tunnel was delayed, through, like, building. And it didn't open until December. And then we'll shut down like March or whatever mm-hmm. and then we've been in like we'd go about like four months in like hard lockdown where we couldn't leave like a three mile radius of our house for more than an hour at a time or more than an hour a day and then we'd open for like a week go back in another four month lockdown open for maybe two weeks lockdown so it's just been like that this whole time I think we opened up uh, I don't actually know. Maybe November's, I think, the last time we came out of a lockdown. I think. I'm not too sure. So you're a tunnel instructor for just a few months before the lockdown happens? Yep. Yeah, so, so I did three months in Brisbane and then moved to Melbourne. Construction got delayed and then opened in December. Man, that's rough. Yeah. What, what did you do uh, during the lockdowns? How were you passing the time? Oh, it was awesome, actually. <laughs> like <laughs> me and like, we got a golden retriever. So we'd just let him pick a direction and we'd just walk like 5Ks, stopping at all the coffee <laughs> shops on the way. Walk your allowed 5K and yeah. turn around and go home? Yeah, pretty much. Well, we'd just let him and we'd always end up in a puddle somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> just go swimming in a puddle. What, what kind of dog did you say he was? Golden Retriever. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah I just absolutely love the water. Yeah. And then, yeah, so, and then our garden is like perfect. It's yeah. like yeah, <laughs> all veggie gardens. So uh, let's just pretend that you walk uh, six kilometers from your house. Like, what's going to happen? Are they enforcing stuff? Like uh, I'd very, I, I never heard of anyone getting ID'd or anything like that walking mm-hmm. around. Um, I don't think anything would really happen. But they had a... So Melbourne, the rest of Australia pretty much had no COVID. And Melbourne had a shitload of it. So they're trying to keep everyone contained in Melbourne. If you work... If you lived like regional Melbourne, it's like more than half an hour out of the city your class is regional but if you worked in the city you could come in and work but the only things that were open were like grocery stores and pharmacies and drug stores whatever you guys call them here um and to come into the city it was like military checkpoints the whole way around the city so and if you got caught outside or inside and you weren't meant to be there it was like 
a ten thousand dollar fine or something ridiculous. Holy shit! Yeah, so that's, a, that's super steep. Yeah, I, I notice here in the states th- there's kind of like this separation of like uh, there's a very political, politically influenced feeling about masks or no masks and COVID or in fact you know all that stuff. Yeah, uh, is there that same dividing line in Australia? Uh, I wouldn't say it's political. Everyone just hated it though, um, but yeah, it's not as political as it is here. And because I think, I think because we they kept COVID out to the best extent they kind of could, then they just kept everyone in lockdown until everyone got vaccinated, basically. So I think Australia's at like ninety five percent double dose, I think, and I think triples like seventy something percent or something like that. So, so have you gotten the Rona? No, I, I think I'm the only person at work who hasn't. Yeah. You you had it right, Alex. I did. You, yeah. You're the only person in the room who hasn't had it. Wait, DJ, did you get it? No, I did not. You never. Man, it's fifty-fifty in here. Well, I'm pretty sure he and I both have it right now. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. We all got. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that sounds intense. Like when you talk about like military checkpoints and stuff like that. Like, what are they doing at the checkpoints? Like they're checking IDs, making sure you're where where you're supposed to be going and all that stuff. Yes. Yeah, so th- well, I never went through it, but I think that they just check that you have a work permit. Yeah. To to be where you're going and to check your ID, to check that you're going to your house or going to work or whatever. Yeah. When when all of these things started happening, were people pretty cool about it for the most part or was there a lot of pushback just from the normal, uh, like people you knew or just civilians in general or was everybody kind of uh, like, yeah, let's just get through this shit? Uh, I think at the start, like w- during the unknown period of time when it seemed a hell of a lot more dangerous than kind of it ended up being in Australia anyway. Mm-hmm. Everyone was kind of okay with it, but the longer, uh, yeah, Melbourne, like there was towards the end, there was like massive protests and everything like that, which was obviously spreading it. But yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> I think everyone had kind of a similar feeling when there was very little information. It's like, yeah, let's be afraid, let's take precautions. Yeah, and then it's like all these stories about the bodies that are going to be piling up, and everyone you know is going to die. Yeah, so well, that totally did not happen. So what are we still doing with all this stuff? Yeah, pretty much. So what uh, was there like something, what was the, the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, with ending the lockdowns? Was there anything significant that happened in Australia? Uh, well, I think, that the, so the first few times we came out of lockdown, like it was not until we got, God, the first few times. Like, yeah, I think we went into like six or seven lockdowns. Jesus. Yeah, and we only came out of the lockdowns when we had zero cases in the state. That was like the only reason why we could come out. And then like Western Australia, they've i don't even know if i don't think i could even travel to wa at the moment like because they're like unless you've had three doses and blah 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 like yeah you can't get over there it's still just well they actually it might have changed now because they were trying to keep it out and then they allowed people to go home because people like couldn't go home to their own house unless they paid like three thousand dollars to quarantine for two weeks oh my God. yeah so there's so many people like interstate just like locked out and then I think when they allowed home quarantining, it brought COVID in. And then because they didn't have it, no one got vaccinated. And then it was like, oh, shit. But but I think all of Australia is open. Oh. Yeah, I actually don't know what WA is like at the moment. I think it's still locked down. But the rest of Australia is fine. I've but noticed, I don't know if there's like another uh, variant or another wave happening right now or something. You guys he- heard anything about this? And I've paid so little attention. Me too. I, I've just no. I've been out a lot the last few days, yeah. and I'm seeing a, a lot of people wearing masks, like way more than I would think. Man, I've noticed it, it comes and goes in waves for me too. Um, it's, it's happened a couple of times over the last couple of months. 
Like, I'll see a bunch of them, and then none of them, and then a bunch of them, and none of them. And I think it just has to do with what kind of people are out and about at that specific time, you mm-hmm. know? People who are, are still all about the mask thing, and then other times people who aren't, and it's just kind of whatever random batch of people you get. It, it is so nice. I mean, I'm, it like you'll be at the drop zone for a few days in a row, and, you know, I might be there from beginning of the day to the end of the day, and I just don't go anywhere else. Like, there are full days where I don't even think about any of it don't think about masks don't think about the pandemic it's like man that's that's old shit right that's all over (laughs) and then uh you go somewhere with a whole lot of uh young liberal folks like i went to the uh, university of uh houston campus to help them with a video project and there were a lot of young liberal kids wearing the shit out of those masks and uh for sure yeah still just blows my mind well up until the week before we left australia if you're working in retail you still had to wear a mask that was only a week ago, uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, it seems like a lot of restaurants still are, are doing it. Grocery stores, yeah. still some of the people that work there. Do they have to? Or I don't know. I'm sure it depends on the company. I don't think there's definitely not a, a no, this state. Was like a, this was like a government requirement. Yeah, like, I, I don't think that there are any government requirements right now, but I could be wrong. Yeah, no, okay. there are not. Nothing. Hmm. None whatsoever. No, nothing. I uh, we Val and I just flew to Florida and back and. Masks are no longer required on airplanes. Yeah. Um, half the flight attendants are still wearing them. Half the people who work at airports are still wearing them. Um, maybe 5% of people in the airport are wearing them besides. Like very, very few people in Atlanta, Houston, or Florida airports are wearing masks. So everybody's moving back on like it was normal in that general public. We were at the uh, University of Florida for Valerie's niece's graduation. And uh, I was kind of shocked because you said that young liberal crowd, that young crowd, there weren't tons of masks going on. But also, a lot of people from Florida and Florida. So <laughs> Dude, Florida's been wilding out from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, a friend of mine made fun of me. He's like, oh, yo, you just went to Florida, blah, 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 not wearing masks, yada, yada. I'm like, yo, dude, I'm from Texas, man. We're, we're just as bad. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're second place. Yeah, brothers. we're right there with them. <laughs> have, you, have you explored the U.S. a whole bunch? Are you familiar with uh, like crazy Florida people? Uh, I haven't. Uh, no, well, I know of it, but I haven't been over that side. I think yeah. the furthest I've been across, uh, what's further across, New Orleans or Atlanta? Atlanta. Atlanta's further okay. east, yeah. Yeah, so Ben Nelson and I went to Atlanta, and then oh, we, cool. we, I think we flew there and then drove back or something like that. Did nice. you guys go to the Atlanta drop zone? Is that what happened? Yeah, we spent like two, oh, three weeks there. I feel like we Sick. were there at the same time. It was their honeymoon. <laughs> Did you guys <laughs> kiss romantic. each other? What sort of a kisser is he? Harry. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense <laughs> um, that velcro beard thing going on <laughs> yeah, well, you guys were there at the same time though I feel like I feel like I have this memory of us staying in the same hotel in Atlanta oh I, that might have been another time yeah we definitely did stay in a hotel together Do what we was that for I don't remember. <laughs> did I have a boogie or something uh, it might have been their birthday boogie yeah I think that's right because the first time I went was just to help out with tandems that was short TIs and then Steve flew his plane down, right? Didn't we ride on the King Air? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Dude, that year was a unique year. I think that's that's the year Steve flew the most first or all you can jump or limited jump people around from DZ to DZ, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that sounds awesome. about right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah a little dude, spoiled. Life. That was it. Was fucking crazy, man. That year was. We talked about this earlier. You, um, who else was that year? It's like Luke, Royce, Sai Chantel. Um, who else was? It? I think that was. Was that all the Aussies? Do you remember who else was there that year? Man, I'm trying to. That thi- was the year that like Jeremiah was on the package. Okay. 
Um, there were, this is 2016. Yeah. That sounds right. Menard did the package one year, but that wasn't the year, was it? Brian no. Menard was 2018 because that's right when I got back to Spaceland. Okay. Man, what a year that was, dude. Oh, uh, uh, is it? Where's he from? <laughs> Help us out. He's just rubbing his face. South America. Um, <laughs> yeah, that does not yeah. narrow it down. <laughs> South America. Um, and he. Uh, Ramundo. No. Um, oh, that was 2019. Man. Yeah, the, all the jump package people. Oh, man. I feel like that was It must have been Fernando. Furball? For, remember, and he left, and then when he came back in. Oh, Fernando Balma? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Fernando yeah. Balmacita. And then one of his other mates. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, I feel so bad for him because he got stopped at customs and then refused entry. And yeah, yeah, and he wasn't doing anything wrong. Didn't that happen with Vu as well? You guys know the story about Vu? Vu who? <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Vu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vu. Interesting little fella. Yeah, man. Little, he had a really little voice and a silly accent, Vietnamese, I think. Wingsuit kid. Uh, I remember he crashed into his tent once. I'm not sure if he was ever a wingsuit pilot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sounds like a wingsuit pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was a wingsuiter, and it was when I was playing around with wingsuits. It was, I think, my second or third time exploring wingsuits, and I was warned that he just because he's not on my jump doesn't mean he won't be on my <laughs> jump at some point. I was yeah. like, all right, okay. And but I was jumping with, I think, Kimball, so I felt pretty good. Man, I can't believe I'm saying that. I felt pretty good about where I was going to be and what mm. was going yeah, it scares me. I relied on Kimball. Uh, never mind. <laughs> so how how does it feel looking back at the jump package now? Are those like like fond old memories? Yeah. Okay. If I like yeah. if I could do it again, I would for sure. Especially like with the crowd that we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I hear so many good things about that year specifically, twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen. Yeah. Well, weren't you guys like lining up at the door in the morning? Yeah, like, pretty much. Ready to go well, on first load all together. Yeah, because yeah, I had a tent behind Hangar Two. Yeah. So as soon as you hear a roller door open, it's like, oh, sweet, we're jumping. Yeah, yeah time to get the gate. Luke the, was the next to me. Going. Yeah, I, I see aerial photos from that year sometimes, <laughs> and just like the the little tent city that was back there behind yeah. Anchor Two. Wasn't that was it, awesome. Didn't you have like a yurt? Right? Yeah, like a like a real like kind of sturdy tent. Yeah, it was like nine foot in the center, so you could fully stand up in it. Yeah, and four meter diameter. Yeah, nice. it was sick. I loved it. Where yeah. are you the person who had the the swamp cooler? I heard about that yeah, too. You I had to that. get like a bag of ice every day, but yeah. as long as you did, you were. <laughs> Although, like in saying that, those TPs were pretty good. I think yeah. I got that while I was in Dallas. I think I made it in Dallas, and then um, I don't think I actually used it in Houston. Probably because I couldn't be bothered walking back with ice from the server. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long walk, and yeah. it's gonna melt before you even get yeah. to the tent. <laughs> um, yeah, like driving in today. I was like, oh, my Dollar General's still there. Like, fed me for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's the way to do it. You're yeah. just like scrounging up any possible scraps of food just to keep going. Yeah, well, I think Luke Rogers worked out that he could live off like $3.74 a day or something like that. That's is what bad. he's living off. That's not Make bad a big at all. stir fry. Yeah. Did you? Was the cafe still open when. Hi, uh, baby. Okay. <laughs> so a different, <laughs> a different cafe than what we have now. But yeah, still that was the deli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the deli, not the cafe. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, because I think, <laughs> is it Dan who runs it now? Yeah. Yeah, he took it over. Like, I think when I was leaving, he was starting to renovate it, I think, from mm. memory. Sounds about right. That sounds about right, because I was there briefly. Tw- yeah, so like 2017, 2018, somewhere around there. Yeah. And all the years blend together. But yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Have you have you been to the drop zone since? Or? Yeah, I went there today to catch nice. DQ. Okay. Um, he's out of town now, so... I got there this morning so I could go and say hey. And then, but there was no jumping. 
Yeah. The weather was nothing, pretty bad. Nothing happened today. Weather looks good tomorrow, though, right? Yeah. Le- weather around. looks great tomorrow. The whole weekend yeah, looks tomorrow. pretty good, Sick. doesn't it? Are you going to be at the DZ tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. What about Saturday? Uh, probably. All right. I've got no plans. Nice. How, how long will you be here? Uh, only till Sunday. Where are you staying while you're in town? We'll figure that out. Yeah, figure it out. Okay. <laughs> you get any message from anybody uh, regarding the audio tonight? I have. I've worked on it. I got it as clear as we can get it. Um, I think just it's coming accent. fine through the <laughs> podcast <laughs> server. <laughs> I missed Australian. But Dude, that was good. <laughs> How did it get back up? We're overdrive. Yeah, there's some weird shit going on on the uh, Facebook feed. I don't know why. So sorry about that in Facebook land. If you are listening, the audio is a lot better on the uh, audio podcast if you download it. Sorry. I'll figure it out for the next show. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, I got it's just a very Texan Nelson. audience. Like, what does servo mean? They like have a, <laughs> a dictionary they're flipping through. <laughs> it must be broken. Servo, servos. There's no servo. <laughs> Did he, was it you that turned us on to what the that cartoon demo and whoever Siggy Butt Brian? Oh, Siggy Butt Brian. Uh, that would have been Luke Rogers for sure. Okay, yeah, that's that's a little too bogan for you. <laughs> oh, Luke Rogers is from a place called Logan, and it's pretty bogan. Bogan, <laughs> the bogans and Logan, dude. Yeah, it makes sense. It's fitting. Um, when you think of like the most stereotypical Australian thing, what do you think about? Luke Rogers. No. <laughs> 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 um, uh, well, the, okay, the biggest I, culture shock I had coming here was having to wear shoes and a shirt. That's not normal. No, nah, like I, I grew up on a beach town. So you walk into a shop and you just wear your boardies <laughs> and like nothing else. And, Majority of the other people in the shop are doing the same. Mm. So I was constantly getting kicked out of places here. Getting kicked out of the servo. Yeah, I was. And then it, so I made a point, like once I realized I didn't have shoes, like as I was walking in, I'd try and be real Australian. As soon as I walk in the door, like, oh, fuck, sorry, I forgot my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I'm like, I just want to grab a drink. And then by that time, they're like, oh, I could just get out. And then I could <laughs> get the drink and get out then. That's funny to think. This is this was at the, the corner store? like Yeah, like the one... At- at, like right across from yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's funny to think about some of the people I see come in and out of that place <laughs> and to think that like man you were not up to the <laughs> I don't make the cut but like that was like any store I'd go into because I was never used to wearing shoes like I would never think to take them with me so like would drive somewhere and then get out of the car I was like oh don't have my shoes what, what did they get more upset about the lack of shoes or shirt or both uh, well, we're here at least. I was wearing a shirt, but yeah, yeah I just it's never like had no shoes. shoes. Yeah, I'm sure they all said, "Get out of here! Look at, you look like a Billabong model." <laughs> <laughs> There's a nicer gas station down the road. You belong there. <laughs> I can't wait to go to a Bucky's. That's what I'm hanging out for. Oh yeah, yeah. there there are a couple Bucky's that uh, are close, but are just like way too much like a regular gas station. Yeah, it's not, it's the, not the Bucky's. There's, yeah. there's a big one in Katy. That right? one's great. Yeah. yeah, I've been there a couple of times. There's some pretty cool shit. Yeah, I want to go back. That's yeah. like the only thing I want to say in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you got to the plus. So wait, had you been to the U.S. before the package, or was like Texas your first experience being here? Uh, I had been before, but I had only been to Texas as well. So okay. I did like a three-month surf trip through Mexico, like in South America, Sick. and then it was back when I used to wakeboard. So a bunch of my mates and that lived in Texas. So I went say with them for like two weeks. Nice. So yeah, until I. Uh, until that halfway through the years, the first time I like ventured out of Texas. So I, I remember you had uh, kind of some pride about not having flown in the tunnel and become yeah. a pretty good skydiver. So uh, FYTP was the first time I got in the wind. That's is that real? Yeah, man, 
You didn't even nah. didn't no one even took you on a high flight or anything? Nah. Well, because a bunch of people, like and you were one of them, like offered me to like come and fly in the tunnel. Uh-huh. But in my head I was like, nah, like I prefer to not go in than go in for two minutes, five minutes, whatever. And so is it like, hey, I prefer to not start down what I know is going to be like... An expensive path. Yeah. yeah, that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. For sure. I didn't know if maybe it was like this purest mindset of like... Oh, and I also like the idea mind. of not being I'm, in the tunnel. I'm a squad either. <laughs> Learn all in school. Only <laughs> natural wind. None yeah. of the fake shit. <laughs> I want to fall and not get pushed. <laughs> John Barry tried to make that same argument once. And then he worked yeah. in the tunnel for I don't know how many years. Uh, yeah, a lot, right? Yeah. He's been there for a minute. Still there. Yeah. Like yeah. now that I was like the way I was and then working the tunnel, I was like, everyone should get in the tunnel, especially at the start, like just to get the fundamentals down. I feel like it's super beneficial. Did you have that feeling immediately too? Like right when you got in the tunnel and you started flying or was there like a, a hump that you had to get over of like you're resisting s- it a little bit, but now this is now right. As soon as I got in, I was like, ah, oh, now I get it. I understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I understand why people fly so much. This is what all those idiots have been yeah. talking about. <laughs> They were right. Did you forget how to fly your canopy after that, too? I never knew how to fly my canopy. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> you were made for the tunnel all along. <laughs> Whatever, man. You were doing that miracle, man, before I ever even tried one. <laughs> Just huck it and hope. So uh, how much are you jumping right now? Nowhere near as much as I want to. Especially through the pandemic. Like, mm-hmm. whenever we were open, like, the state was open for a week, I'd go, like, one of those days and then shut back down again by the time the next chance came. So the last two years, like, pretty uncurrent. But, um, yeah, now that things are opening back up again, starting to try and go once, even still, it's like maybe once every two or three weeks, I might get to the drop zone. How did the drop zone do through all of that? Like, uh, you know, the, in the U S there's the PPP loans that a lot of small businesses qualified for. Was there anything that, that uh, kept the drop zone afloat? Uh, I assume so. I don't know what, from a business point of view, but like everyone who wasn't working in Australia got like. 750 bucks a week for the entire time. Jesus. Yeah. So Where does that money come from? Future us is the, Yeah, future us. <laughs> gonna, we're going to be bummed, <laughs> man. <laughs> this, this shit does not come for free. Yes. Uh, but uh, i got no idea. Hmm. Like, I'm sure you'll be paying it back until But you didn't hear anyone at the drop zone? Like, uh, Mate, we're going under. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any drop zone. I think, like, I know that the government was pretty good with all the business because they were. We were so locked down and we, they weren't allowed to open. I think the government had to then support them. Huh. So I, d- I don't know what it looked like or how much of a hit they took, but they're all still open from what I know of anyway. I don't know of any that really shut down. And are, are you still doing anything with the tunnel? Are you still working there? Is that... Uh yeah, I'm the lead at Melbourne now. Really? Yeah. Man, Sick. that's cool. Mm. Yeah, no, I love it. Like, Well, th- the only bad side of that Melbourne, it's so busy, like with first-timers. Mm-hmm. Um it's hard to fly. It's like during holidays and that, it's just like, oh man, like you're Did flying at like midnight after or after. Is it a corporately owned yeah. tunnel? Yeah. Okay. So they kind of are sticklers with the rules. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think that Australia was kind of like, well, I've never known anything different from, cause I came into like the whole outside coaching and all that kind of stuff, like not being part of it. Mm-hmm. So I never have known anything different. Um, but I like to work and then, leave work i don't want to come back and do hours of camps after i've already done a week's worth of work so i i don't mind it but but do, do they let you guys like fly staff flight time like after hours oh if yeah if it's too busy in the day yeah for sure yeah like we all of us are flying time and our tunnel is like really good that everyone's buying time as well on top of their staff time everyone's still stoked nice yeah so that's pretty good 
So how long, I'm sure, like knowing you and how quickly you learn and your skydiving background, how, how long did it take from when you started the tunnel to where you felt like you were becoming a decent flyer in the tunnel? No, I still don't feel like that. Oh, shut the <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Um, I, f- I feel like because I had like you and Tex, like a whole bunch of instructors to copy off flying in the sky, I feel like I didn't really have too many bad habits. So I was, I think I was able to convert it across pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, you always feel like you suck. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I never get over that. Feeling. <laughs> was, has there been anything that you were like really excited th- about getting though in the tunnel? Like, oh, I really want to learn this dynamic line or, or whatever it is. Um, I don't know Rob, who we were talking about earlier, DJ. Mm-hmm. He's got a whole bunch of like funky lines he'll fly while you're like while he's leading. And it make no sense, <laughs> and so I end up crashing into him, and then like, do it again. <laughs> it, it makes no sense in a cr- like in a he's very creative way. Yeah, or? super creative. Okay. Yeah, and like he's, I think he's just stolen from somewhere else, I guess. But the lines that you're expecting the normal thing, and it will be like completely opposite, and then all of a sudden you're like carving straight at him, and he's like laughing at you while mm-hmm. you're coming at him. <laughs> yeah, there's a big game of that of gotcha yeah. when you're when you're flying with someone who's uh, who's good at it. Yeah, like they just want to see where they can. Yeah, where th- they can do a thing that you can't follow. Yeah, but um, and if he's laughing, I know he's yeah, yeah. he's doing that shit. Yeah, and he'll do it to me like three or four times. I'm like, ah, oh, he got me again. <laughs> but s- someone, whether it's this guy or not, like there is someone who's creating that stuff. Yeah, and that's what blows my mind because I can't even get close to copying what the, the correct thing. <laughs> yeah, what the correct <laughs> thing is, and it's like the the basics for competition. Man, I can't even do that. And then there's this guy. That's coming up with things that bend experienced flyers' brains. Yeah. I'm never going to be that guy. No. But uh, Rob is his name? Yeah. So let's say you and Rob are going to go... Uh, First fl- it'll be topped out <laughs> if it's with Rob. Yeah? Big guy or he just goes no, fast? Just, yeah. Just just a running joke that if we're flying together, we want to top it out. Uh-huh. Like Melbourne's ridiculously quick too. Like I can fly like I can fly static in my flex at 82. Whoa. Yeah. So it's super powerful. Like realistically... A VFS team will fly at like 92 maybe. Really? Maybe 94. Um, yeah, so it's like super, so when it's topped out, it's Man, like... I, thought, I didn't know Australia was filled with a bunch of fucking pussies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, flying topped out is like... Getting out of the door is pretty hard, topped out. Yeah. You're like, if you don't... If you miss the door, you're going for a ride. <laughs> 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 Man, uh, is, is it uh, like the single floor flight deck? That nah, sort of design? It's the one he got... Got to walk upstairs. Okay. Yeah. With a massive plenum or whatever. Yeah, the, I haven't f- flown in any of the ground floor flight deck ones that I've really loved. Yeah. I, I feel like they all have a little bit. Well, maybe that's not true. I think Oceanside has has one that's good. I flew at Oceanside the other day, actually. Yeah. With KDP. Oh, snap. Hey, yeah. how is she? Yeah, good. Good. It was awesome. I like, just walked in there and she was driving. She's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> she lose her mind? Yeah. That doesn't fuck, that, fuck that first time yeah. flyer. I gotta go hug Blair. <laughs> Top it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I gave her a heads up that I was coming. But yeah, like I walked in and um, the person at the front greeted me. I was like, oh, do you mind if I just have a look? She's like, oh, and just try to explain delivering the dream of flight. And then um, <laughs> Did you said, do you know who I am? <laughs> and then I just had this. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, go in. Um, and I caught up with Tommy as well. Went and got jumped with Tommy. God, I love Tommy. Oh, yeah. I yeah. did see that. Some social media stuff. So you guys good. flying. Yeah. Awesome. Um, God, what a, what a good cunt. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. So, the tunnel. Yeah, it's the one where you got to walk upstairs. And because we... So, we were meant to open in August, but we didn't open until December. Because it was just like the fiery... Oh, 
fire department. Um, they were. Like, what were you going to call them? Fireies. 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 Yeah. Fireies. Um, like, did you hear that just go into Alex's <laughs> mental bank? Dude, this whole time, like, I'm just taking notes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, like something stupid, like our, our stairs weren't compliant with the fire rating for no re- Like, it was compliant when they drew up the building, but because it took so long, it then was not compliant anymore because they changed the rules during the build. Oh, that sounds fair. Yeah. So, like, we got delayed real long so but because of that time we were like plugging every single hole in the airflow so our air was like super smooth so it was yeah that's good the wind's pretty good so how long have you worked as a tunnel instructor i you said 2018 you started no 2019 shit so not long especially when it's all in lockdowns basically so i fitp was march 2019 i think it was and then i was there till august and then moved to Melbourne and then we didn't open until December and then lockdowns. So March. aside from being uh, an absurdly uh, quick learner and natural flyer, do you think that there's another reason that you're the lead at this tunnel? Default. Just no one else. I no one know. else wants to yeah, do well, it. So our original lead, uh, we took over one of the franchise tunnels in Perth, the corporate did. So our lead went there and then Maddie became our lead and then Maddie then moved and became the GM at Brisbane. Ben became our lead, and then Ben left, and then they asked me. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, a whole tunnel is pretty newish. Like my kind of FITP or newer. There's only like a, a couple of people that have been there, like at other tunnels around the world. How many instructors work there? Like seventeen. I think oh, geez, yeah. that's a way bigger number than I thought you were going to say. Yeah, well, because oh, you said it's it's one of the busiest in the world right now. I've got to imagine if yeah. you guys are doing that much. Yeah. So like, if few of them are like part timers, they're probably doing like two and three days a week, but only a couple of them. Um, but yeah, because we're so busy, we need them. How hard is it to get a visa to to work if you're an American? Easy, super easy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's been nice knowing you guys. <laughs> can, I, can I come? <laughs> yeah. Well. I'm assuming we're going to run an FITP at some stage soon. We just ran one like two months ago. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's a tr- instructor level one through four and yeah. a trainer level one through four. Yeah. Uh, where do you fall on that scale? A trainer T2. Nice. Yeah. So w- w- what's the... Uh, every time I hear someone describe it, it seems almost like uh, a martial art belt system. <laughs> Is there like an official sign-off, like a thing that you have to do to become a T3? Uh, yeah, th- uh, yeah, there is actually. I think you've got to do some number of. Like yeah, you've got to like assist an FITP. You got to like take someone through the training of. So level one to four is like belly back, head up, head down, one to four, and then the T's are basically teaching the instructors that. So not level one. Level one's like teach someone how to drive, and T two is to teach an instructor how to like to become a level two. T three to head up. T4 does an FITP. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like there's anything missing in your skill set other than just number of reps to, to do that? Uh, well, uh, well, I think I need to be a part of like two more FITPs. But right, but that you got to just do the reps, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I guess so. do, you, do you feel like there's anything like missing in your skill set of, oh, I really feel like I need to be able to do this before I earn this next rating? Oh, everything. I always get like imposter syndrome in there. Where you don't feel like you're is it is it tunnel specific or is it like that with all aspects of life for you? Uh I think well definitely with the tunnel, just because yeah. like you actually do get like a label put against what you can do. So then you I feel see. like you should be at that level. 
And I never feel like I'm in, uh-oh. Man, we should have gone to the tunnel today. Why didn't we have this conversation yesterday? Yeah, we should have. I don't know. No skydiving? Bad weather? Two wind tunnels? <laughs> yeah, we should have. Disappointed now. How long are you in town? Oh, actually, in saying that, I've been out of the wind. I shouldn't have flown with Katie. I've been out of the wind for like three weeks with my shoulder. And then Katie's like, yeah, come fly. Put a shooting suit on. And <laughs> the whole time it's like ripping my arm up. Mm. Um, but skydiving was fine. What is, what's the shoulder from? I don't know. First timers? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was from like nothing. Like all I did was that with this arm. Mm-hmm. Just something pinched. I don't know. Strange. You've been like all three weeks-ish you've been dealing with it or you've been out of the wind for three weeks because of it? Uh, well, I've... St- so everyone at work still getting COVID and we're still having to like isolate. <laughs> <laughs> so like I've been meaning to be out of the wind, but I've still been in the wind I see. as little as possible. But yeah. And do you think that is uh, like an iFly specific injury just from flying first timers or? Well, like I never feel any sort of shoulder pain from yeah. high flights or anything like that. I think it's just like a weird pinch that's just pinched. Hmm. It's kind of like through there and then through the back, through the back as well. I'm not too sure. Strange. Yeah. Cause that's a pretty common one for instructors, right? Like shoulder not injuries or maybe injuries, but just like general body pains from like <laughs> yeah. So I hear I don't I don't think anyone at our tunnel really has. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, a couple maybe. I, I feel like it used to be a lot more common those yeah. shoulder injuries, and I think that that's when high flights used to be a lot more wild, and there <laughs> used to be a lot less technique involved. But uh, to iFly's credit, I really do think that they've improved the the training and technique that goes into handling. For, you know, first timers in every situation. Yeah, and because like, bec- like I don't, well, I don't know how other I flies run, but we get we do heaps of training at our tunnel. Heaps, heaps, heaps. fucking heaps, shitloads. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like everyone gets as much training as they kind of want to and can feel like they. And need. this is like structured training about catching spots. Oh uh, no! Oh. I guess, what do you mean when you say training? Like high flight training. And, okay. um, and then, it, yeah, for leveling up and that kind of stuff uh-huh. as well. And is this like how much of that is in the wind and how much of it is All like... All of it. There's no like classroom stuff of, hey, let me draw you a diagram about how uh, like Joey l- blew his shoulder out. Oh, <laughs> uh, nah. Uh, nah. Like we, t- we talk about what we're going to do before we jump in there. Okay. But yeah, it's pretty much all in the wind. And everyone kind of knows what, what's coming as well because we do have people at all different levels there. So in the group, there'll be like four people the half an hour hour session whatever we're running but now you got to be in charge of all that stuff right because you're the lead yeah it's fine i love it if i could just do the training part of it, i'd be so happy w- what about the training side of it is so uh so good for you um well you know that you can they're instructors so they can catch spots and stop drives and all that kind of stuff yeah and then my very small knowledge set passing it on to someone who doesn't have that yet i know it's pretty rewarding so what role specifically are you playing? Like, are you in the wind with them and playing the student? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like what, what DJ would do for an AFF course. Like, you get to play the, <laughs> the yeah. dumb student. Yeah, and, and just work your way up. So, like, the first one is just, like, showing them how the spot's going to fly. Okay. And then, like, progressively get, like, throwing the spot. But nice. even still, like, I think that back in the day, like, spot week and FITP was, like, a big week where I got trained. It was more about, like, preventing the spot from happening. And then if you don't prevent it, then they'll throw a spot on you. But it's not just about like catching bombs for the entire week. I see. And how would you define a spot? So just anytime someone gets out of control in the wind, it's your job as the instructor to basically stop them from hitting the net or the glass or just anything there. Yeah, pretty much. Supposed- okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have one that stands out in your mind of like, man, the nightmare spot that happened? Uh, Are you allowed to talk about it? <laughs> well, uh, I've had, uh, I, I don't actually know. I never got told I couldn't talk about things, but. 
I mean, don't get yourself in trouble. Just That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I had a pretty heavy incident in Brisbane that for some reason no one really knew about. I mean, Je- are you going to die? You told me about it. Yeah. Are I, you ready to, t- to tell? Oh, I don't know. Like, maybe, yeah. I, maybe I, not. I don't know if you get in trouble for that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure we're peaking people's curiosity right now, but you you were listening to, uh, I'm not sure who was on the podcast, but you sent me a message of like, yeah. hey, there's this story. Did you know about this? And I went, <laughs> I did not know about that. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, so I haven't even told you the full story. I'll tell you the full story afterwards. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, but uh, I th- I th- whenever other instructors come to Melbourne, like, show us your spot folder. And so we pull it up and like, these are weak. Like we have, I don't think we've had like spots in comparison to other tunnels. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like you guys got a good uh, lead instructor doing some good training. <laughs> well, we did have that's <laughs> got me. <laughs> so uh, w- when you think about going and having fun in the tunnel right now, like what do you see? What's what's the f- the biggest appeal to you? Just flying with someone else, like no real plan. Okay, let's say it's me and you. Like, what are we gonna do? No plan. Yeah, I can't handle that. You don't even know what I could do. Yeah, we'll just fly with I it. I can't do most of it. <laughs> Either can I? Let's go together. As long as it's top down, right? That's yeah. The nah. Well, that's just with Rob. <laughs> okay. Rob's the other one who enjoys getting like flying top. Hey, down. Rob, you're yeah. not coming. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So if it's just myself, do you know Reed Ramage? I don't think so. Yeah, he's like he lived over in Europe, I think, for a while. He's an Aussie. He's super technical and he he works with us. So he has a whole bunch of his drills just saved on the computer for us to like look through. Mm-hmm. So if I'm just flying by myself, we're just like stealing Reed's drills and just do that for how long it's on the uh, timer. Is this for dynamic stuff? Yeah, just for everything basically. But yeah, like for dynamic mostly. What about freestyle? You guys got anyone in the freestyle world? Well, we had Elise. She just left the week that I came to America. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the Aussie champion. Yeah, phenomenal. Okay, if you get Elise to come back, I'll move there. Yeah, okay. Elise, <laughs> <laughs> move back. Yeah, that, like she just, oh, she's at the Brisbane Tunnel now. And how far is that? You wouldn't want to drive it. All right, well, not going to see her. <laughs> um, uh, and then Shan comes down to Melbourne every once in a while, but no one else at the tunnel I don't know, I can think of anyway. So other than uh, training, which it sounds like you like, mm. do you have any interest in competing? Any interest in like or any uh, any clear goals? Uh, well, I'm not sure what Vinny, one of the other boys I work with, we were going to do a two-way dynamic team in the state championships last year. It got pushed back because of COVID. I think we're still in doing the U- United States championships? No, 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 in the Aussie one. Okay. Um, you, I didn't really uh, know Australia had states until like 30 minutes ago when you said state for the first time. Oh, right. oh we've only got like six or seven of them yeah that's not enough no but like we got 50 man you guys gotta step your game up (laughs) yeah but one of one of the six states yeah dude so does like the west coast (laughs) yeah but our states are like 15 of yours yeah but like it's got the uh, (laughs) it's got like 10 the population (laughs) of one (laughs) not even um yeah so i think that we're gonna do the state championships i think i'm not too sure but yeah so we'll do two a dynamic if we're gonna do that when you say the state championships, do you mean like the championships for that state? Yeah. And the nationals is all of them. Yes, yeah, okay. so I think if you, I assume if you win state, you'll go to nationals. I think. Or actually, I think that nationals is before state. So I, I think you can just in Australia, it's pretty small still. So you could just enter <laughs> yeah. if you want to go. I want to go. go. <laughs> all right, cool. Go yeah. whatever competition yeah. you want. How is the community out there? Do you have a pretty large group of people who are entering these competitions, or is it kind of like the the regular crew uh, every year? 
Perth has a really good um, tunnel scene uh, and like fun jumping scene as well. Melbourne, it's it's a new tunnel that's always booked with first timers. So it's during the week is like when the pro flyers will fly just at night time because I think we block out first timers from like seven o'clock or eight o'clock or something like that so the pro flyers actually get a chance to book in. Nice. Um, Wait, I thought you said it was a corporately owned tunnel. Yeah, I'm just taking a stab at iFly. Like no, <laughs> they don't do that here. Only first timers. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, but our fun jumping scene in Melbourne's pretty damn good. Okay, nice. Yeah, they got a good scene there. Yeah, that was kind of my next question. Like, if you see a lot of these people who are great in the tunnel but don't really apply it to the sky, but it seems like you have a, a lot of both going on. Yeah, definitely. It's good. Um, a lot of good canopy pilots as well. Yeah. Um, but the drop zones are like a decent drive away. They're like an hour and a half, hour and forty minutes, I think. Okay. What what drop zone is that? Uh. The main one is Nagambi. Okay. Um, that's more of like a fun jumping and training drop zone. Yeah. Where the other two are more tandem ops that allow fun jumpers. Man, what was the one uh, Down Under Dynamics just put on a camp or they they just released a bunch of YouTube videos? Uh, funny familiar? Farm. Yeah, maybe it was that one. Like as in uh, in the last like week? Yeah. Yeah, Funny Farm. Okay. So that's, that's a drop zone that only exists for boogies and events basically Sick. yeah it's in the <laughs> middle of nowhere that's why they can throw kegs and stuff out yeah. and fridges and all that yeah i've seen a lot of like crazy shit go down <laughs> yeah that's 200 milligrams of caffeine i'm about to get turned up all right just checking <laughs> in hell yeah this is good i, I like what it, how did i say alani alani news yeah mm. buddy am i you know jeremy brown yes uh his brother and i i'm actually closer friends with his kentuckian brother uh, Chris Brown, him and I hang out online gaming a lot together, and him and some homies drink Alani, and one day I was like, all right, I'll try one. And they got taurine in them, which is not good for you, but that's my energy drink. I drink... Uh, is that like bull sperm or something? I think, it, I think the, so. I think that's the myth of what it is. I don't that think it's actually... I have one or two a week. It's an amino acid. So I don't... You know what I mean? Anything in moderation. One or two a week, I don't... I'm not too worried about. It's the guys who are cracking down like five, six Red Bulls a day that need to worry about shit. Yeah, I can't do that. So... I don't. I don't usually have uh, caffeine later in the day. You like that yeah, one? Yeah, dude, it's late. It's, it's good. That's doing? one of my favorites. Well, I'm thinking about going roller skating after the podcast. Oh, Peter's okay. telling me about that. Dude, it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid. You're so bummed that you're I, coming here. I did not think that as a 36 year old man, I was going to fall <laughs> in love with going to the local roller <laughs> rink. Again. I just love skating, dude. It is so f- silly fun. <laughs> Do you ever got a bit of a crew? Uh, Will has led the charge. Uh, Good he, for Will. He's there every time I go. Uh, Mel, you may have heard Mel on the podcast. Yeah. She's another Aussie like you. Uh, she was going pretty regular. She's just left us. She's in the Canary Islands, which I didn't know until this week is uh, off the coast of Spain. Well, it's kind of close Africa, to Africa, yeah. but uh, Spain owns the Canaries. Hmm. But uh, yeah, they were holding it down, man. And it's <laughs> But showing up is super fun. The people there are... Uh, Everyone's a little standoffish. Um just be like it seems like it's a pretty established community of people. But uh if you are bold enough to start a conversation with anybody, everyone's really friendly. Yes, yeah, sweet. And it's just um shitty hip hop radio music that I'm <laughs> really into and lots of people on roller skates. Are you any good? Uh no. <laughs> but that does not <laughs> make right. it that does not make it any less fun. I mean when we had that staff night the other the other night, you were uh you're tearing it up, dude. For I sure. can I can move around going forward on some roller skates, but there are people. Can so you go like, backwards? Uh, yeah, I can go backwards. Okay, uh, like it's it's like it's really easy to compare to uh, to skydiving. Of like, I can transition one direction. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I have a strong side, and if you make me go to my weak side, 
I'm a, I'm a stumble around. But the <laughs> the floor is it's pretty uh, has popping. There are lots of people there, and there are lots of people doing lots of different things. There are people that are in the middle of the rink just dancing. Like, they're not moving. They're not going with the flow of traffic at all. Some of them even start going opposite the flow of traffic, and they're just dancing on their roller skates. And then the very outside lane is all the people. Like, that's the swoop lane. That's all the people <laughs> going fast that are doing cool shit along the way, too. Oh, the yeah, those, dude, those guys are tearing it up. And uh, so, there, you know, there's actually talented people there. And then, you know, on these nights, like, it's a pretty high level group for the most part but there still still are you know maybe a dozen people s- s- just peppered through the the rink who are brand new and who are going to fall down and so you see a couple of collisions you see a couple of people really eat shit throughout the night and is it uh, indoors or outdoors it's inside okay yeah timber floors say it again timber. wood Wood. Wood. Oh, wood. Uh, it's like uh, this weird plastic stuff okay that, uh, the one that we went to had timber floors but uh, okay. but this place is uh, yeah whatever that weird plastic is it's a tiny bit slippery if you uh, if you're carrying too much speed but <laughs> Will 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 has special wheels that make him slippery like he's drifting the whole time yeah and, right and yeah Man, like he's made his own skates too of like a pair of Vans and like a, a penny board yeah right like he uses penny trucks with like skate shoes and, it, and somehow he attaches them together and they're fucking awesome <laughs> like. He's got multiple different pairs, multiple different sets of wheels. Like, he's been going so fucking hard the last, <laughs> like, I don't know, five months, five, maybe not that long. Like, what would we say, like three, four months? Man, I think it could be even longer than that. I yeah. think just no one noticed it until then. Yeah. Like, Is he in the swoop lane? Dude, he's, 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 in, he's in the group for sure. Yeah, he's good, man. He is super coordinated. He's been skating for a long time and, like, he fucking kills it, man. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't really, like, hang with that group of people in the fast lane because of the wheels that he uses and okay. because that, because they do slide so much. It makes it hard to maintain that level of speed. Yeah, yeah. And there are people, like, you know, he's, like, uh, to compare it to skydiving, like, he's a solid upright flyer. Yeah, okay. But there are people doing f- full-on freestyle, <laughs> dynamic, whatever. <laughs> that, that group of people exists. And they go really fast, and they make a lot of noise, and they're I mean, it's, it's a it's a fun group of people to watch. What time do they go to tonight? Uh, it goes till eleven. It's eight until eleven, so we could go and get like an hour and a half of. Uh, I want to say it, dude. It's fun. It's fun. Do you have your own skates yet? Yeah, they're sitting on the front seat. <laughs> the <band. laughs> Ready to go. He's like, I got them on right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Everybody> walks out. <laughs> have you ever done any skating yourself, like roller skating? Uh, not roller skating. Okay. Uh, what, what about inline skating? When I was probably seven, I know I definitely had a pair, and I had a pair of like bike short, like bike tights. Hell yeah! At the same time, nice. I thought I was killing it around my neighborhood <laughs> 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 until I probably turned eight, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm that guy." <laughs> and then never <laughs> at me eight, at eight, you're probably. having this realization. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Pull your head in. <laughs> eight years old. I don't want to be that guy anymore. <laughs> I can't be. <laughs> and then started skateboarding. I think skateboarding. You said, "Yeah, yeah, much more fun." What, what other sports did you do as a kid? I'm just imagining the other, like, I, I love you, but I hate you because <laughs> of how quickly you learn things because I'm just totally the opposite. So I just want to imagine all of the people in all of the sports that hated your guts for the same reason. Uh, I We got rollerblading because you're too sexy in those short shorts. <laughs> you had to stop because you were the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was that guy. I wasn't the guy. Oh. <laughs> um, and then... Skateboarding? Yeah, skateboarding. Wake, wake surfing? Uh, wake... Uh, wake skating. Wake skating. I don't know yeah. the difference, yeah. but cool. Yeah, call it wakeboarding, um, which I took 
kind of seriously. Like I really enjoyed it. I did it lots. Um, Isn't wake skating basically a skateboard on wake without a tow rope? You're just riding the wake on a freeboard. Uh, nah, so that's like wake surfing. So wake skating. Okay, yeah. So wake skating. The board looks like a skateboard deck, basically just like blown out. It's 40 inches. But it's not binded. Yeah, you're not yeah. binded. So you wear yeah. skate shoes and you like do skateboard tricks like kick flips and three flips and like 360 flips and stuff. So like anything you can imagine on a skateboard mm-hmm. happens on a wake skate. And we use like winches and stuff like that. So it's like a big motorized fishing spool, basically. But you are hanging on to something or being towed? Yes. Okay. Like with the winch, it's got like a thousand feet of rope on it with a handle. And so you just, if you go to like a weir, and things like that like little waterfalls or whatever drains where there's like step downs you can get like a set of stairs so yeah and then that's where your billabong model thing came in <laughs> that was all just clint <laughs> <laughs> no no that's real um, may- maybe uh maybe clint just uh, outed you and you're still trying to hide <laughs> from all of uh but like i was fortunate that i used to get to do a lot of things with wake skating and stuff and then i moved towns and the closest like cable park. Do you guys? Ha- oh, you, you guys have cable park? They're, they're we not one, one we used park. to have one there on two eighty eight yeah. Wake Nation, but uh, they went under. Oh, okay. Pandemic, I think. Yeah, so I used to also like install those around the world as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, and then I moved to a town where like my closest cable park was like six out or five hours drive. So I stopped doing that, and then I started skydiving, and then I was like stuff everything else. Also, to like wake stuff. S- yeah. Stuff it. Stuff it. That's the sound of me making a mental note. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever say st- stuff that? Yeah. All right. Stuff great. it. Stuff it. Stuff it, mate. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, started skydiving and pretty much started skydiving and then came over into the jump package. Hell yeah. Mm. Was there anything about skydiving specifically that uh, that got it hooked into you? Like, it was so good that you were willing to drop all these other hobbies. Like, was there one specific thing or just kind of? Uh, I was kind of like that age-old story of the missus at the time wouldn't let me skydive and then we broke up so I started skydiving but like I wa- like I was so, so glad you got a new missus yeah so I are you guys married tangent uh nah but like in the eyes of the Australian government we are I guess for a Com- second I thought you were going to say God <laughs> in the eyes of God in the eyes of God <laughs> in the eyes of God and, and Elvis <laughs> um nah we're not but like the de facto visa that you have to do for Australia it's so long of a process like we started in 2017 and hopefully this year she'll get residency or citizenship. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause she's American. Yeah. Uh, all right. Dirty seppos. Fucking seppos. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, like I watched point break when I was way too young to watch point break. Cause my, I got an older brother. So he showed me it. And ever since watching that, I was like, I want to be a surfer and a skydiver. <laughs> Fucking so, nailed it. Yeah. So I started surfing and then I was going to get my license on my 16th. Cause you, we can, you want to rob a bank tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get the trifecta. Um, yeah, in Australia we can get our license when we're sixteen, like skydiving license. Um, so I was going to get it on my sixteenth, and my brother's terrified of anything fun, like heights and stuff. And um, he was like, "If you wait till your eighteenth, I'll do a tandem with you." And so I was like, "Sweet, okay, let's do that." And he thought I was going to say no, and so I held him to it. But on my eighteenth, I had a broken wrist, and then it wasn't until I think my twenty-first, we're both in the same place to do a tandem. Did a tandem, and then I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get my license." And then, yeah, the missus at the time was like, "No," nah. like, bided my time. And then as soon as God, I hate it. her so much, yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't even tell me your name because I'll never <laughs> stop thinking about it. Um, and then, yeah, so as soon as I got my license, I was like, "This is what I want to do." And I started jumping on. Wa- yeah, and that was like the biggest culture shock coming to America was 
I was jumping in a 182 drop zone where there was like four people who skydived and three of them were tandem instructors. <laughs> nah, there was like a couple of fun jumpers, but not really. So I had only ever known a 182 plane. I'd only ever known this tiny hangar. Um, Tony, who was my instructor, he's a legend. Um, like he was on like Pops Records and that kind of stuff. And then, so when I rocked up to Spaceland, I was like... 20 minute call, out of one. Yeah. And, but like when I, well, when I walked in, I was like, why is there so many planes here if it's a skydiving <laughs> operation? Like I couldn't get my head around that all of that was for skydiving. Because it was when you had the three planes, like the Caravan, yeah. Otter and Skyvan. Fuck oh. yeah. I miss those Skyvans, man. Yeah. I uh, probably would miss them less if, uh, you know, being in the role that I am now and having to deal with the problems that they create when they are yeah. constantly breaking. Mm -hmm. But uh, man, running out of the back of that airplane sure is fun. Yeah, well, I was super fortunate because in my tandem rating, I got to do a jump out of the caravan otter and sky van all in my course sick yeah Did how many it? people can say that mm. yeah man That's i still sweet. haven't jumped a sky van it's been like a couple of years yeah did you have a favorite was it was it the sky van to <laughs> <get> from? The <laughs> did you have were you ready to break alex's heart right now <laughs> <laughs> just tell me it was the sky van. Tell me it was <laughs> maybe, maybe the 182 no um, <laughs> Oh, have you jumped 182, Alex? No, man. Oh, you got to hang man. from your toes from the wing. You got to do a bat hang. Yeah. Right? As, dude, it seems cool. I mean, super long plane ride, which I don't know. Is it is it okay for fun jumping, though? Is it still, uh, still like a 40, 30, 40-ish minute ride to altitude? No, nah, it's not that long, I don't think. Well, I know nothing about planes, but I think you can get ones that like maybe have a turbo. I don't know what they yeah, have. Go yet. visit uh, Lexington, Texas Skydiving. Yeah. Uh, they got a 206 with a, uh, they got a fast 206. I forget what's in it. Um, it climbs faster to like 13 than the 182 does to 10. Nice. So we yeah. take a little trip. It's together. like a 20, 25 minute. Dude, it's super fun. It feels it feels like you're jumping out of a feels like jumping out of an airplane. It's great. Yeah, it actually does feel like jumping out of an airplane. Yeah, yeah like climbing out on the wheel strut and yeah. stuff. Jungle gym. Yeah. yeah, it's like jumping off a jungle gym. Dude. Yeah, it's, it, crawling out the strut, hanging off the strut, hanging off of the wing. It's just it's silly shit. Yeah. Absolutely silly shit. And not every airplane say. owner will let you, but. Those who will, be careful. Be nice to the plane. They're like <laughs> literally fucking tin cans. Go up to an airplane and like just push on the metal and see how soft it is. Mm. If you ever try to like touch or push off planes. Have you ever seen the uh, videos on social media of people uh. jumping off the side of a plane? I was just going to bring up this very same conversation. Yeah, man. I hate it. Oh, dude. If you think you hate it, and I know you know this, man. You should see what airplane owners and mechanics and airframe people think because, dude, Push on the side of the airplane. It's not a cool thing. Yeah, to you do. would never treat that airplane like that parked on the ground. Yeah. You would never do it. Yeah. Wait, so what? What are they like, doing? Imagine so someone like climbs on, on the oh, okay. on the camera, like camera step. step they're they're like way up on the bar, and their feet come way up onto yeah. the side of the airplane, and yep. they jump off of the plane. It's like, man, can you imagine like even the noise that would make if you were doing that same thing on the ground? Yeah, yeah. and how we would all look at you and be like, hey, asshole, <laughs> why are you doing that to the airplane? Yeah. There was also. A someone who has quite the following in tunnel flying as well as skydiving now, I guess. But they would, I, I saw a guy doing it who was like an Instagram dude and then they were copying it. But they're like hanging from that bar with their rig against the plane and then like acting like they were like walking their legs up and stuff. It's like your reserve is right there and the tail of the plane is right beside you. Like, yeah. And this is from like, like, a, like a small 182? Like no, no, from a caravan. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. Like, yeah, same thing. Like you're hurting the plane, and your rigs getting rub rubbed all against the outside of the plane. Sounds totally worth it for the gram. Yeah, bro. yeah it's you for get the that gram. shot though. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. But uh, man, hey, everyone's made mistakes that they didn't realize were mistakes. Yeah, through, for through sure. skydiving, sure. right? So maybe the people that are doing that 
think, oh, hey, these guys seem like not assholes and they like airplanes and skydiving. I'm going to not do that. I remember I was not an asshole, but just you don't know what you don't know. Sure, yeah. My first day at Spaceland, I came from a 182 drop zone where belly flying was the orientation that everyone flew on. So deployment was in the basement. And on my first jump at Spaceland, remember Chantel? Yeah, another Aussie? Yeah. yeah. Um, we went and did a jump and then we came in and landed. And I was like, well, buzzing. She's like, hey, have a fun jump. I was like, yeah, that's sick. She's like, what hide you pull out? I was like, I don't know, like 2.5 or 2 or whatever, whatever it was. I can't remember. She's like, yeah, you might want to bring that up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not at a 182 drop set anymore. You've actually got the whole height, like, pull a little bit higher. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and now when I like, hear people pulling that low, it's just like, oh, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, were there any other growing pains uh, going from a small drop zone to a large drop zone? Like any hard learned lessons? Maybe not hard learned lessons, but just mistakes. Uh, I don't. Well, I got. Well, I don't, yeah. Well, I had eighty two jumps. So at some point uh-huh. along there, I got told to start free flying. Very soon after AF, but I got told to start, start AF. free. Uh, AF. No, I know. I'm just. I oh, just like how you guys say it. I know what you mean. What do you guys call it apart from? Uh, AFF. Okay. Here. Long. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> yeah, we <laughs> actually spell it out. <laughs> you pronounce it. Af. <laughs> Doing some math down at the DZ. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But that's longer. DZ. DZ. I'm confused. I think we'd say that. Yeah, DZ would say. Yeah. What? No, I hear DZ all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, DZ all the time from. You don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you were told to start or stop free flying at an early? I was told to start. Okay. Because it was like, because I was asking my instructions. But like at that. the 182 drops on your yeah, exactly. start. Like, yeah, exactly. There was one tandem who was pulling at five. Mm-hmm. He's like, as long as you pitch below five, you'll be sweet. So <laughs> I was like, <laughs> cool, two it is. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like I was like free flying and like learning how to free fly. So when I came to Spaceland, I think I already had like a grasp on head up flying at least. And I had... Thankfully, I had good people around me who I was willing to listen to. So everyone kind of took me under their wings. I know some of the people in the jump package that year were just going for numbers. They didn't care what the jumps were. And because of that, they didn't progress as much. Yeah, isn't that a weird thing? That's a hard thing to get into the head of some new skydivers. People that just want to go and do as many jumps as possible because they think that that's what's going to make them a better flyer. Yeah. And that they're just not willing to slow down and hear advice or, you know, especially pay for a, a coach jump. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've tried to develop a better version of that conversation to have with someone who's going to go out and do that solo sit fly jump. Yeah. And, uh, man, I made the same, I made that mistake as a new jumper. Like I started free flying with 30 jumps, you know, yeah. and man, it's like, man, this sit flying thing isn't so hard. <laughs> and it's <laughs> like, Oh no, I just didn't realize how terrible I was at it. <laughs> no, and my, my head was up for sure. Yeah, I know my head was <laughs> <laughs> super easy when there's no one else in, you know, on the jump with you to feel like you're being successful. And I remember the first time trying to do it with somebody else, like thinking like, dude, I figured out sit flying. I'm coming, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why are you moving away? Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah what are you guys doing? Over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not good. And it's like, man, I'm a, I'm a worse upright flyer now because that was the, that was the start of it. You yeah. Know? And so, uh, yeah, it's, I, I think it's easy to have that, uh, feeling of like, you just want to tell someone not to do that. Yeah. But it's, you know, no one likes to hear, you know, th- there's so much freedom in skydiving. No one wants to hear that they can't do a thing, especially the thing that makes them feel like they're the, you know, the cool skydiver that they want to be. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think that conversation for me has, I've just become less of a 
a jerk about it. Yeah. And just try and actually teach people and help people because, you know, I really do believe that that makes people a better flyer, better mm. skydiver. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot easier to translate the language of belly flying into a new orientation instead of trying to teach someone with, you know, however many jumps we both had when we started free flying. Yeah. Like how to try and teach them the fundamentals of skydiving and a more <laughs> challenging orientation what is at the same slot? time. I can be in my head. What's the slot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was upside down. You don't even know. You weren't there. <laughs> Watch my GoPro footage. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, Do they have different rules regarding cameras in Australia? Uh, I think it's a hundred jumps. Hundred jumps, and even still, I th- I don't know if it's a hard rule of a hundred or if a Dzo can okay it earlier. I'm not too sure exactly, but I know it's I know hundred is like the benchmark for it. DJ, you're a safety and training guy. You're in a lot of these meetings where they talk about these rules. Uh huh. Recommendation from USPA is two hundred jumps. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? I like it as, as a round number to to approach. I, I don't think any magical number allows anybody to do shit. Mm. Um, I, it's 100 jumps to get a coach rating, and I've seen a guy in a coach course with 1,500 jumps who has no no chance being there. So uh, same thing with camera. There's guys with 500 jumps that I'm happy they, they skydive safely. There's guys with 100 jumps who I legitimately feel comfortable with, with putting a camera on their head. Um, but... Around 100 jumps, you get natural, you get comfortable, you get to, to be where you're just, just it's, it's a natural everyday occurrence. It's like walking out of a door for you. This is okay. This is okay. Now that those emotions are at peace, now that energy's calm, now that you're able to digest what's going on, that left brain opens up, now you get another 100 jumps of understanding. And then when you go put a camera on your head, you're just going to be that much smoother, that much clearer, and that much better. So, I mean, for me, 200 jumps is a sensible number. Um, I don't think there's any magic number for anything. So, yeah, there's some things that the it's USPA, yeah, 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 yeah USPA, USPA recommendation. Yeah. yeah, so there's some things that the that the USPA do way better than Australia, and then there's some things that Australia does way better. But like I like when I went back and converted my stuff, they wouldn't accept the pro rating from here to be a pro rating in Australia, and their opinion was they have the best system ever. Which, in my opinion, it's definitely like the American one is so much more thorough. Like. So in Australia, you can get a pro rating on your 190 and then go jump your 75 Valkyrie into a stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the U.S. pro rating's gotten a little bit more strict. I do think APF has one of the best uh, organizations out there for skydiving. Yeah. As far as NACS, National Aero Club, APF, Australian Parachute Federation, BS. British Skydiving says they shall not be abbreviated as BS, but the world calls them that. <laughs> um, they, it's like they, they used to be BPA, British Parachute Association, or banning parachute altogether, parachuting altogether. Um, BPA is actually a really good structured organization as far as rating, safety, guidance, uh, your BRLs or uh, your, your qualifications, things you have to do. Canada does a good job. Australia, those those are really my top three amongst. Uh, USPA is is catching up. Yeah, we were a bit behind for years overall. I think Aussies do it well. Yeah, well, we've got the like. I think it's a good thing having like the free fly crests. Yeah, yes. t- tell me about yeah. that crest. Uh, yeah. Uh, I should know it off by heart because I'm a coach for it. But I th- like, you've got to you're not allowed to just go out and free fly. Mm-hmm. So you've got to like do coach jumps essentially, and you got mm-hmm. to. Pr- I think it's like you got to be able to come down to your dock, like to your slot, do a three sixty, then like 
then the coach will go up or whatever or like slow down mm-hmm. and um then go to them so you got to like prove that you can like get to slots basically right and that you then can. you're allowed to go free fly with a group that's a common question when someone express interest in in free flying to me is what's the what's the biggest belly like the biggest successful belly jump you've been on the, oh, no, that's oh, just yeah, like, okay, like yeah. when you're when you're coming to me with 50 jumps yeah yeah and we're still giving you free belly mentoring to yeah. have to make you be a better skydiver and you're like nah fuck that i'm the next <laughs> <laughs> world's best free flyer <laughs> that's usually my question is how many you know what's the biggest successful belly jump you've been on like do you have practice you know doing a good exit and a good approach and flying your slot and and having a good break off and developing the awareness of multiple moving pieces and then, oh yeah i've been on a couple of three ways and it's like <laughs> cool like Bump it up to four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, and I totally for- forgot where I was going with that. But uh, with free fly, fly endorsement. That's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. it the free fly crest is what you guys call it. Yeah. So so you just have to be able to prove that you uh, aren't the new guy on your belly, more or less. Yeah, basically. So uh, some some of them will come to the tunnel and then like go through the dive flow at the tunnel. So then they kind of know what they're in for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so yeah, you got a head up crest, then a head down crest. Um, Wingsuiting, I'm pretty sure, is a Do crest as well. Does the crest mean that you're allowed to like start learning that thing, or is it an endorsement of you have some skill regarding this thing? Uh, when I give you the head up crest, is it like okay, Blair can go give it a shot now? Well, or is it like hey, I've seen Blair? No, because you like you got to be able to do it to get the crest. Like okay. you got to sit fly, you got to 360, and you got to be able to like go fast or slow down. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, and then you can do it with a group of people. So up until that point, I think you can maybe do it as a two way or ma- maybe the other person has to be a coach or something like that and then once you get your crest then you can go do it with a group but then we've got star crest i think it's called which is doing a group of 10 or more people okay. so yeah. you've got to enter like fifth or later or sixth or later on an eight way or ten way or something does that like. sound the same as the star crest round is that their same <coughs> same term that's an eight way right yeah uh, scr star crest recipient mm. um oh that's right yeah uh, it's yeah it is and that's an eight way it's an eight way for okay. us yeah do do they have any kind of uh, crests or anything for like angle and, and movement jumps as well, or is it just kind of like you feel it out, you get coaching, and just kind of get mentored unofficially? Depends on what drops in, right? Yeah. If you want to get coaching or not. But yeah. I, I think that they're trying to, like, you know, Mason Corby. Yeah, I know that name. Yeah, yeah. so he's the one who does dynamic down under. Mm. Ah, down that's under right. Dynamic. He does yeah. the tutorials on YouTube. Yeah. That I've seen. Yeah. yeah, so he's extremely thorough. I think that he's a pretty big driving force behind improving it and making it safer and running camps like he runs camps all the time mm-hmm. uh, that's what rob's going to be helping out with as well i believe uh, yeah. um so yeah they're pushing more of the safety side of things within that nice yeah i've seen some of his stuff on youtube and the information is super good yeah and like the way that he draws everything out and he uses that like little wind tunnel yeah. app uh-huh. where you can see where the wind is is deflecting or, or just changing the body shape yeah um so yeah man that dude has it going on yeah he's, sure. a, he's a freak just watching him coaching in the wind just coaching something basic but just like the way that he moves yeah into the position to tell them something yeah it's like yeah it was it's pretty cool to watch and where is he he's um uh, he's based in sydney i think okay yeah okay so you're not uh, like running into him every day or anything but no nah, like when he was doing it camps and all 
nice. know, the drop signs and stuff like that. Man, solid accent too. It's like good practice <laughs> yeah. for me. Because that's how it, Mel, the, the Australian girl that was here for a while, she's like, you've got to listen to this guy. Like, the information's really good, but also just listen to his fucking voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, like first video gets pulled up and it's like, G'day, guys. Today we're <laughs> talking about angle flying. That's pretty good. <laughs> like, yeah. That's really good. <laughs> it's like, cool. I learned some stuff and I get to, you know, get Mocking. some more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I can imagine most uh, men and what they're excited to go home and watch on the internet when they're home by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and I know for you, that's listening to content yeah, with Australian accents like, or silly voices. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, taking a shit or something and Katie from the other room can hear like so this is proper back flying like <laughs> echoing from the bathroom you know <laughs> it's got to be pretty weird from the outside but like I don't know I'm learning <laughs> so how are you practicing the voice when she's home uh, I used to like not, but now I feel like we're at a point where I can just like <laughs> you talk to yourself. myself. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like, like <laughs> you get comfortable enough to fart in front of someone. Now you're comfortable enough to uh, yeah, for sure to let that accent fly. Yeah, just, and especially with like like the D and D thing, like I'm practicing multiple different accents and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it it just, it just has to happen. Like I can't <laughs> I can't only do it while I'm driving anymore because I don't drive that often <laughs> by myself at least. <laughs> so like, what's weirder, me just getting in my car and like taking a spin around the neighborhood, or just saying like. This is who I am. I need to practice this <laughs> shit. <laughs> just say you're going to go for a drive. Just go sit in the van out front of the house and just... Yeah. Dude, I've done that too, but the <laughs> thing about the van is my, my driver's side window has been broken for so long. Like, the mechanism on the inside broke one day, so my window wouldn't roll up, so I've been duct taping it for like a year plus <laughs> just because I haven't gotten in there to fix it. So my window always has a little crack in it, and I get paranoid that my neighbors are going to be able to hear through that crack. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'd rather have my roommates hear that shit than like the people next to me who don't really know me. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to look like a schizophrenic for sure. <laughs> or if they can't see it, they're just going to think you're having a conversation with an Aussie. Yeah, that's true. I guess the, the voices just have to be good enough <laughs> just, to be yeah, believable. Just hold the phone up to your, yeah. to your AirPods, face. AirPods, man. You AirPods all, all day. <laughs> I think there's some Australian dude living in your van, and you just go visit him every now yeah, and then. Just bring him snacks. <laughs> Stephanie talks I to mean, me about angle flying. I mean, that whole, this, this right here, you two, that friendship could exist. Like, I can imagine <laughs> me living Blair in living in the back of the van. You're up front, and you're just outside hanging out with him, having the conversation. Yeah, you need so, a place to stay. Come on. It's not that comfortable, but it works. I'm sure it's com- more comfortable than a teepee. Yeah, for sure. Yeah I, yeah, I bought it for the package and then somehow got upgraded to a house, but like Ooh. lived in the van for, for a while to make it happen. So, yeah, My standards of Sleeping on things are pretty low. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Ben is part of that list. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's as low as it gets. <laughs> That's as bad. Have you seen Ben since you've been in town? No, I think he's in San Marcos. Is he right? is, yeah. yeah. If I can get over there, I want to. But I think he said he's got stuff on there that he can't leave for or something. Uh, he keeps making that excuse. He's supposed <laughs> to have been on the show twice now, I think. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, thanks, Ben. <laughs> he came and I had dinner with him. That was great. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I enjoyed it. I love you, Ben. But what about that time you put Maxie in an ugly Christmas sweater? Oh, that was so good. I bought, yeah, Maxie and I cr- Christmas sweaters, and I was so happy, and Ben was so upset I remember of how happy Maxie was yeah. <laughs> with me. <laughs> <laughs> Maxie is Blair's dog that Ben has been watching yeah, been for years now. <laughs> ben Nelson, bitter and jealous? I don't believe it. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, I miss Maxie. <laughs> well, I, you know, Fuck ben. I feel like you're someone who's listened to quite a few of the podcast episodes. Yeah, I moved what? this before because like, oh, this Ben's. That's the bone, dude. Yeah. You know <laughs> the bone. <laughs> <See? There you laughs> <go. laughs> Is there like when you thought about being on the podcast, like, or even just when you listen to the podcast, like, are there conversations that you like more, like 
oh, good, they're going to talk about this. Or, ah, fuck, they're going to talk about I like hearing about people's jump package experience and stuff. Just because it's something you can really relate to? Yeah, for sure. Do we have Um, people on the jump package this year? Uh, Aaron Garza. Aaron Garza. That's right. Jimmy as well. That's right. I did know both of those. That's it, right? So far as I know, yeah. I think a couple other people talked about it and got real close to to buying it. And I think that uh, we're still dealing with some of the uncertainty of the pandemic yeah. as far as people being yeah. able to, to plan for their future and you know people having that level of disposable income after a, a challenging financial year for a lot of people especially with all the uh inflation lately it seems like everything's more expensive yeah mm. yeah man and uh man gas prices going up man the Kelly's like Six and a half dollars. Yeah, I paid like six fifty a gallon yeah. when I was out there a month ago, month yeah. and a half ago. Yeah, well, jet jet fuel's right behind it, man. It's coming up, dude. Mm. Not cheap at all. No, it's not. It's and then jump tickets are going up. There's already multiple drops in announcing jump ticket increases, and I kind of feel like they're premature. Not because the price of gas is going to go back down, but because I would wait to see where it settles at because it might continue to go back up. Go up. I think it was Sky of Chicago. I don't think I saw this post, but I heard uh, that Rook had said, hey, you guys are all feeling the, the pinch at the gas pump. So are we. As prices come up, here come our jump ticket prices. But when prices go down, the jump ticket prices are going to drop, too. That's fair enough. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think it's a fair move. Um, you know, I, I really like the idea of uh, just some sort of solidarity, solidarity between all the drop zones in the country of like, hey, instead of everyone trying to undercut the next guy and group the shit out of the market, which is a finite resource that's something that only works for so long. Yeah. It's like, hey, what if we all just agreed on kind of some some what the prices should be? Yeah. And so, you know, I get that if you're uh, you know, the cheapskate uh who you know, that's your only appeal to people is a is a cheaper price because you're not bringing anything else good to the table. Yeah. Maybe you're not going to join that party, but I think for all of the you know, the high quality, especially the the training focused drop zones, man, I, I would get behind a movement like that. Are the prices in America all relatively the same, or are they wildly different? Uh, gosh, I mean, Lodi's finally raised their prices, but what are they at now? Oh uh, man, I think they're pretty comparable. I want to say it's two something, low two hundreds. Um, but they were the ninety nine dollar tandem place yeah. for forever. Because they had like a deal with a fuel thing, didn't they? With a probably, <laughs> I don't know. I was gonna say something sarcastic <laughs> and mean, but I I have no idea. I, I heard a rumor like that too. I don't know if it's uh, true or not. Yeah, like okay. cheap fuel and yeah, cheap that, loads or something. Yeah, I heard that they had like a fifty year contract. Yeah, or something something like that. Like hundred fifty like bucks that. for a tandem. Lodi. One fifty. Yeah, right. so they're still undercutting everybody. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I it's people will talk about Lodi safety. I, I won't. Uh, that's a conversation anybody else can have. But I will say I've been there, and the experience is very different than what you get other drop zones. Like dirty, like run down, like the people there were super phenomenal. Mm. The vibe of the people there. Kathy Doss is uh, Bill's wife, and Kathy is such an integral part of that place. There's Kathy Doss Appreciation Day, which is one of the biggest days at the DZ. I got to be there for that. You met Kathy, right? You know, I don't know if I met Kathy. I, I, I saw her. when I went there. I was I didn't know a lot about the Lodi reputation. <laughs> this is in 2012. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and. <laughs> <laughs> I've told that story before <laughs> yeah. on the podcast. I was on edibles, like kind of on accident, <laughs> but not not the first day we showed up. The first day we showed up, that, this happened like the second night or something. But so the first the first day I showed up, I, I hadn't really known. You know, I, I was brand new to Spaceland, so I hadn't really known anyone who had worked at Lodi. I knew about Lodi in the Parachute Center, but just hadn't heard 
nearly as much of the folklore as I as I know now, so it just wasn't really on my radar. But I definitely remember meeting uh, Bill and remember um, the waiver process. Uh, buy a ticket, it's on the back of the <laughs> Yeah, ticket. he's like, I showed up, me and Stephen Boyd show up there at the same time, and they're like, uh, you guys have logbooks? <laughs> and like, I feel like I've taken my logbook to every drop zone I've ever gone to, but just didn't have one. Because I don't know, I don't know why I just didn't didn't have one. And Stephen and uh, T.J. Langren, who was a pretty well known and established person there at the time, they're buddies. And so uh, T.J. was just like, "Oh, they're good." <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Bill's like, "Okay, give me fifteen dollars." Okay, now go get on the airplane. No waiver, no nothing, no, 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 brief. no briefing. <laughs> just like go get on the airplane. And then we're on the plane. And, uh, yeah, we're riding to altitude, and my dinner goes off for a 1,000 feet, and this is still when Spaceland was doing a 1,000 feet seatbelts, so that was my normal process. So I go and reach for my belt, and I realize that Steven's the only other person reaching to take off his belt. So we're like, oh, okay, yeah, it's 1,500. All right. <laughs> so we wait a few more seconds. 1,500, and then I don't see anyone going for their belt except for Steven. We've got the same confused look on both of our faces, and we were just the only ones who had put on seatbelts. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, it's like that. And then the, the briefing... That I got from, uh, I'm pretty sure from TJ in a really hurried way was, hey, that's a vineyard over there. Don't land over there because <laughs> the, the, the all of the, the wires go yeah. this way and <laughs> it's going to rip all your 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 legs off. <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what I opened over and struggled to to get back. Oh shit! And so yeah, it was it across was, the freeway vineyards. No, or? the okay. the ones the, past the landing past area. the landing area. Yeah, those far ones. But uh, man, it was still super exciting. It was a really neat place. Really fun skydives, and uh, you know. I have heard you know more of the safety stuff uh, about Lodi and more of the you know people's stories about Bill. It's like Bill is definitely crazy, but in a way that I can really respect. Yeah. Of like, man, dealing with skydivers is crazy, <laughs> and if you find your own little brand of crazy that meshes with that, well, man, stick with it. And I just I think that's Bill Dawes. He uh, he works hard. I, I I will give him that. I I spent some time with Bill when I was there running an AFF course and. When it came to catching tandems, there was one point where a tandem was landing short of every catcher out there, and I was hoofing hard. I was running as hard as I fucking could, and the field was full of young guys and gals, and I looked over, and the person running next to me was Bill Doss. And we looked at each other. We both smiled like the two old dudes running. Let's go. <laughs> and it was kind of cool because after that, he pulled me aside, started talking to me, hanging out with me. TJ's like, yo, dude, he likes you, bro. That's kind of weird. I'm like, I do. you know what? I'm good with him liking me. I'm okay with that. He, he's an odd duck. Uh, you know, back to it, I'm not going to speak on their safety. That that The world can talk about that themselves. But the people there were fucking phenomenal. Uh, the ticket prices are cheap. The place is not. It's, it's dirty as fuck, man. It's a living it's run down. museum for sure. <laughs> it is run down. <laughs> Doesn't so. everyone get fired too? That's the thing. Oh, yeah. You get fired. You, you get, get fired. You do anything, you get fired. And you don't have to work there to get fired. Yeah, so, just... <laughs> I was running an AFF course, so some kid sees me there, thinks I'm somebody is <laughs> important there because I everybody's listening to me, and he's like, "Yo, dude, Bill just fired me." I'm like, "I, what are you talking about? He just fired me." I'm like, "Well, dude, I don't work here. I thought you'd know that if you." He goes, "No, I don't work here. I just came on visiting. I did my first jump, and he fired me." I'm like, "Oh, yo, go talk to my buddy over here," and he goes and talks to his buddy. He's like, "Oh yeah, no, come back with a gallon of chocolate milk tomorrow." And say, Bill, I will land into the wind because he landed crosswind. That's why he got fired. <laughs> um, and and he'll let you jump here again. He will fire everybody a dozen times. The last time Tommy Miller got fired was because he touched his rear risers <laughs> on landing. Really? <laughs> yeah. You're not it's allowed like to that. touch your so rears. Sometimes Wait, I like, don't know. Touch or use your rears? Because like. Oh uh, yeah, both. Really? Yeah. What an interesting. I love how like culturally everyone knows there too. Like okay, 
this is what you gotta you gotta do. You gotta buy a gallon of chocolate milk, <laughs> a gallon, not a half gallon, a gallon, and then bring it back <laughs> tomorrow morning, the, the no later night. than eight o'clock. <laughs> it <laughs> might have been a, less than a gallon, but it was, a, it was a thing. But still, like, there's, a, there's a process that people go through. <laughs> you know that's yeah, that's a thing too, right? You can't. The first uh, first day I met Bill was the first day I was in town. Nice to meet you. We had a pleasant two minute max. The second day I meet him, he comes walking in. We're packing from our first jump, and I said, "Good morning, Bill." I know it is, and kept walking. And Erica Dufour, remember Erica? She uh, was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to warn you. Tomorrow, ask him how his morning is instead. And the next morning, he walks in. Hey, Bill, how was your morning? I like you. You learn. <laughs> he kept fucking walking. He, Erica and I are standing together. He walks up to two of us, standing together, doesn't look at me at all, doesn't acknowledge me, looks her straight in the eye and says, when you see DJ, tell him blah, 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 and turns around and walks up and doesn't acknowledge me like I'm like, she ignores me. I have stolen shit. that move. I love that shit. <laughs> like, that, that is his craziness that I admire. I enjoyed it, man. I'm, I'm glad I was warned it was going to happen because then it was funny. Because it could be kind of rude if you don't, if you, if you're like, what the fuck, I'm right here, talk to me, bro. But I watched it and I'm like, this crazy old man, dude. He wears a wireless mic around the hanger. So when he needs to make a page, he just hits the button on his wireless mic. And he loves walking right up behind somebody, hitting that wireless mic and going, Blair, to the, and just paging <laughs> you right behind your head. <laughs> his, some, of his, some of his weird uh, proclivities just, they make me laugh. And he looks like Albert Einstein. Like, look at him, look at his hair, look at a good picture of old Albert, and you would see it. You should get a pager. Dude, I tried I tried to do I tried to put my wireless microphone into the, the drop zone microphone yeah. system. But uh it, it has this weird feedback and this like annoying click in, in the background. Uh, Your so new one? Uh, it's the the wireless mic that I have that we've used for some stuff before. Have you tried the new one? Maybe not the not the new new one. No, you should. I, 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 I just need something that will connect to that uh, XLR. That's uh, you know I, the, the I have that the, cable the community microphone. Yeah. So the the cable that's there, I think there might be a problem with it. We'll try. This is nerd stuff. We'll, we we can troubleshoot it. But yeah. I like the idea. <laughs> I or, really do. Or you should like put your chesty GoPro mount on and just film yourself for a day. You like you just getting annoyed with fun jumpers, like just the shit that you get up to in a day and watch your back and that'd be hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that'd be funny or torture. <laughs> I'd find it funny. No, and you know, I, th- I do feel like I'm getting just in general less frustrated by skydivers, like especially fun jumpers. Because it's just like, yeah, I get it. Like, there's not a lot of mistakes that I see people make in a normal... <laughs> day week or month that i didn't make it at some point in the last 15 years yeah okay so it's like hey like i could be mad at this guy for doing that or i could remember when i did that thing with no bad intentions and just try and talk to that less experienced version of me and man that tends to be received a lot better and it doesn't make me an emotionally exhausted mess by the end mm. but uh, there are still days where i'm an emotionally exhausted mess but uh yeah deal, dealing with fun jumpers is uh yeah i like them did you End up getting a tandem rating or finishing I, it? I did. I have the rating. Yeah. I've only taken friends of mine on on tandems, really. So, uh, like it, it, those like skydiver friends. Yeah. But I, uh, it's been on my list of things to do for the last six weeks to take Aaron or Pedro or Hank uh, on a on a jump, uh, get recurrent with emergency procedures, and <laughs> take some more people on tandems. But man, we have just had the worst weather. Yeah, it's that worst uh, it's like man, I just I haven't seen a good day. That's like within <laughs> my win limits as a new tandem instructor. Yeah, and so yeah, it just had, hasn't happened. 
But take Hank for wing load and you'll be fine. Dude, I, <laughs> I like I like taking Hank. Like he's a good You're always you know, in a full belly to earth. Yeah, and I mean sure. I I like the you know, Hank during my course gave up the toggles a few times to like see if I could flare the, the parachute by myself. Yeah. And uh I like the feeling of a of a loaded canopy. You guys run two toggles here still? We do. Yeah. Um, those Icarus tandems land better loaded, period. Like I've taken a 270-pound lady on a no-win day, and I stood it up with no issues because the thing fucking flies forever. I used to uh, love on tandem front rides. After I, I'd feel you out a few jumps, and on final, I'd say, hey, you got this flare? And as soon as you say yes, I say, you better, and I'd throw the toggles up mm-hmm. at them and just sit there and let them land me. It's probably somewhere about your fourth tandem-ish into the, into the process, mm-hmm. but... Man, it's uh, most people seem to do a good job. There's only one person that I never gave up the toggles to, and quite frankly, that person also didn't pass a course because they couldn't flare well. Mm-hmm. So they they literally were trying to pound me in time mm-hmm. and time again. I'm like, I, I I hated doing it. We tried to do some extra training. We went through it again, but for the most part, it's they're not hard to land. Even Nick can do it. <laughs> I think I did my first <laughs> one or two tenons with you, and then I took Clint for the next few. <coughs> big lummox mm. and then you took me towards the end yeah i think the one of the last ones was the three of us we went on a funny that's right yeah yeah that was your 20 20th anniversary my 20th or 25th no 20th, 20th anniversary this year is my 24th so hey by the way these are for the roads oh nice yeah oh, so that's cool yeah they were pretty good um yeah no that was my 20th uh anniversary of skydiving and it was kind of cool to do a first style jump my first jump was an aff jump um but that was a tandem on the front of you, and it was kind of cool nice. to celebrate t- my first jump by doing a first style jump. Yeah. So next year's twenty five. Holy shit! Twenty five jumps in a day. Is that what it's going to be? Ooh, Fuck no, <laughs> dude. I've done twenty jumps in a day on multiple occasions in my life, and you get fucked. Um, those were, and I did. I've done twenty tandems a day multiple times in my life. Damn. Three days, like That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That was the way we worked in Indiana. It's a busy day. Do it, you you land and you have fifteen minutes to train three students and gear up two of the three students. You need to go back to back to back. And you go back to so when I land with Blair, somebody's grabbing Blair and his harness and putting it on the last person while I'm taking the second person, and they're literally handing that person off to me at the plane, where I'm double checking everything, reconfirming everything, getting on the plane to ten five, jumping from ten five, and it, it's absolutely torture on the student mm. not tor- it's torture on the instructors because you get worn out emotionally and it's uh you just don't get the best experience as a student that, that's why i came to spaceland i like the uh experience like you know f- I, it's so cliche it's about a journey right and but spaceland we give you an experience you get to experience skydiving you get to see what the sport is about you get to spend time with your instructor. You get to learn about how to open a parachute. You get to learn about how to understand altitude. I, I don't know if I've said this, and this is not a Spaceland thing for me. Um, this is what Spaceland does, but this is something we should all do. Show everybody, yo, bro, this is how you check an altitude. This is how you open a parachute. This is how you land a parachute. See? You can do it. And that's Steve Boyd's mentality. That's mm. that's the Spaceland mentality. And it's a mentality I think uh, Rook Nelson and Skydive Chicago also has. And other DZs do, man. We should we should be out there sharing an experience with people. And that that's what I liked about it. You're going to cry right now. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm finding it beautiful. <laughs> and so that's why I'm sitting over I'm here tonight. It's because I'm, I'm struggling. I have 
I'm absolutely struggling with a fucking head cold, dude. I was in Florida and got sick as shit. I have taken COVID tests, two of them, so I'm I'm super clean right now. Um, no temperatures, the, nothing else. You got the new variant that doesn't pop up on the test, right? Oh man, I uh, I, dude, I don't spit know. in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's later on tonight, baby. That's later on. Um, but yeah, that's why I'm sitting over here. I'm just worn out and and not focused. And you can hear it when I start throwing energy out there. It just uh, takes a lot out of me. Yeah, it's a little raspy, yeah. a, little, a little sexy. Mm, sounds, yeah, sounds good. I'll do. I'll probably sleep because of this till like nine tomorrow. I can't. Okay. Um, but I've been sleeping like that's the best part about being like having a head cold. I sleep like a fucking rock. You dude. take Nyquil or anything? Yeah, I I take uh, allergy medicine because of our pets that normally kind of uh, make me drowsy, and uh-huh. then I'm taking Nyquil. <laughs> I'm gone in the morning. So the first time I took Nyquil as an adult, it was probably like 22, something like that. Peed the bed. It was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Super cool. Do you remember your dream that you're having? I re- was peeing in the dream. I was having you were a peeing? dude. I was having a great piss. It was oh. so good. And then I woke up in a puddle of my own piss. Well, well. was it as good when you woke up? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't better. getting up to change was the sheets, so going back to sleep was uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. I, I, I admire that commitment, though. You're Dude, like, I'm in bed already. Deal with this problem in the morning. Wait, <laughs> in your dream when you were peeing, did you have pants on, or were you like peeing in a t- <laughs> no, normally I, in a toilet? I feel like it was a normal pee in a toilet. Of like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I had felt like... In his dream, yeah, like, oh, I could be making it up again. at this point because <laughs> it's been so long, but I feel like I had that dream where I had to pee and had just finally found the place to go pee, and turns out it was my bed the whole time. <laughs> I remember the last time I peed in my bed... I, I don't know how old I was, but I was like young. But I remember I was swimming under a wave in my dream. <laughs> and like, I was like, oh, I might as well just piss while I'm under here. So I was like, ah. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> Wake me up. Yeah, that was uh, three three nights a week until I was like 14. <laughs> really? uh, yeah, that was my life. It was cool. Really? <laughs> really little You're bladder. bedwetter? No, dude, I pissed oh, the bed man. all the time. When was it, the last time you pooped your pants? What what I mean, like it? proper shit. Not, not like a little stain, not a little... Not a little squirt. Like a we're, talking about, shit we're talking about a full load. Yeah, you, you man, I don't know. That's fourth grade. That's been, a, that's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a while. So yeah, like September maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like definitely not this year. I, I, I get the squirts all the time. After that sick shit I had, dude, I was vomiting. Yeah, if we're talking like stains, Sunday, like what Saturday. time is it? But <laughs> 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 but like full on poop where you have, like have to waddle. I re- like I do. I do remember being a child, and I think it was Lowe's, like a home improvement store that we were in. And I remember needing to find a bathroom and being surrounded by fake toilets and being so fucking upset about it. <laughs> and like, I was telling my parents, like, Mom, I got to go. I got to go. She's like, we're going to find it. It's going to be in the corner of the store. And then it just released from me. And I had to waddle from, like, the middle of the store. And I just had this feeling of it, like, swinging in my underpants. And, like, very obviously, like, not hiding the fact that there's poop in my pants. Swinging <laughs> in my underpants. Oh. <laughs> But I don't remember how old I mean, I'm oh. old enough to be, or I was old enough to be scarred by it. So like, I don't know, like 10, 11 at least. I'm sure my mom knows. I'll, I'll text her now. <laughs> hey, mom, remember when I shit my pants at Home Depot? They loved it. Like, th- my parents have not gotten over that. Like, it, it probably comes up every time we, uh, God, if like, I, every Christmas. That's if I ever meet your mom, what's her name? Patty. Patty, will you please tell me the story of Alex and Home Depot? <laughs> <laughs> Have your parents ever visited here? No, they uh, they were going to uh, a little while ago, but then COVID hit, and then my dad had some like health issues. He's good now, but like just mul- one thing after another, so they haven't gotten the chance to come out. But maybe sometime later this year is what they're shooting for. Play D and D with us? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, they're. Uh, <laughs> That's not their thing. No. Nah. They would be super uncomfortable, probably. Yeah. <laughs> My parents would get mad when we say Dungeons and Dragons. They're they're good good 
around Christians. Yeah, my my parents are not like really. that. They just don't really have imagination. <laughs> <laughs> when I w- when I was a kid, it would have been a big deal. When I was a kid, I had uh-huh. playing D and D for my parents because D and D is the devil, Dungeons and Dragons and magic and bullshit. At this point, my parents are well over that that silliness. Mm. So. <laughs> <laughs> like the water boy, like the, his mom in that movie. Yeah, Everything's the devil. The devil yeah. Mom. <laughs> yeah. It was a uh, y- the young life was a little bit sheltered, so it, it's uh, I was a wild kid, and I think they tried to shelter me and kind of overcompensate a little bit that way. Sorry, mom, dad, love you to death, but it's uh, just just the way it was. My sister and I talk a lot about that because um, she's raising my niece, who is a lot like I was as a kid, and so my sister's constantly binging on my brain like. Hey, so yeah, I'm thinking about doing this or doing this, and what's her, my take? And mm-hmm. I think her what's my take is because what's my experience been, or what what I've had a different experience doing it like, which is it's super cool to tell my sister how to raise me differently, and I'm gonna fuck up my niece so bad, <laughs> no. dude. Debbie, need, Sophie's gonna be just horribly scarred. Hey, but Debbie, long time no talk. I miss you. I don't miss her. Same. One bit. Have you actually met her yet? No, we no, haven't no, met in person. Yeah, you did. She was in town. And you didn't meet. That's well, right. Thanks. You knew she was. I around. think it's best to never meet her. Do I? Do I? Yeah, I when? think. How I long ago? Oh God, fuck! About a year ago. Is about a year ago this time frame. Is she a germ person like you? Germ aware. Uh, yeah, that's a nice euphemism. I thought you said is she a German person? That's yeah, what I thought too. <laughs> it's like you're German. I uh, partially. That's where the last name Marvin comes from. Okay. But thank you very much. Um, I yes. Uh, yeah. It's funny because this show, we've talked about a lot of our similarities, and that's one thing that she's pointed out is germ-aware. Um, germaphobe, I, I, I really honestly believe, is a little bit harsher, a little bit more uh, um, phobic said and done. I just, I have limitations, and, and I'm definitely borderline. I, when I was younger, absolutely fucking germaphobic, dude. See, I, d- I, don't, I don't consider the term germaphobe, like, offensive like or judgmental. It's just like, hey, some people... Like, hey, there's, you know, if we really looked at all the stuff that's on all of our hands right now, it's like, yeah, there's gross stuff around all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's like, I understand anyone's ability to be comfortable with that or to yeah. overanalyze it and, and think like, hey, uh, man, you probably shit in your hands. <laughs> then <laughs> the bathroom really kind of pull the toilet. I don't <laughs> see it as a negative connotation, but I see a germaphobe as somebody who can't get past the problem. Mm-hmm. Where I, for me, it's uh, germ aware, where if I had to deal with a situation, if I have to get past it, I mm-hmm. will absolutely. I just don't prefer to cross certain lines or certain limits. So I, that, the reason I asked that is maybe a year ago, maybe the pandemic was still enough of a thing that uh, maybe we weren't trying to trying to mingle with strangers. Uh, man, I think we were just trying to enjoy family time. I, I honestly... Oh, and I would ruin that for sure. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't need this fucking little midget shit coming into my house. And No, we. I think we were just trying to chill, lay low key. Um, do, you, do you guys have a racist word for white people? Yeah, you Nick. Guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, Dad. Dad, there we go. That's funny. Uh, no, not really. I mean, honky. I use the word honky. You've heard me say that all the mm. time. Uh, See, that just doesn't offend me at all. Like, I, I think if we're gonna be derogatory towards white people, howly is probably the word we use. And that's very much like a Hawaiian. Yeah. So we both went to high school in Hawaii, and so we don't really have a derogatory white word. But in like for locals, a howly is just. You know, it's it's com- basically just saying a white dude, but at the same time, like he's fucking a Hawaii bro. Yeah, it's a Hawaii woofo, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Does so it, is it shortened of anything or not that I know of? Okay. And so uh, it, it's it, I know it's something that if we're I, I would say probably if I were to use a derogatory word, Howley would be an easy like oh, he's just a fucking Howley, but um no nah, honky cracker. <laughs> 
Crack like trash. Cracker's a little bit. Cracker ass cracker. That yeah. gets you? Cracker. No, I mean, it doesn't. I don't know. It's. I don't get offended by it, but I think it's do better you, than hot. Do you feel like you have dry skin or something? Is it? Yeah, is I it do have dry skin. It? it looks great, man. I'm, 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 I'm ashy over here. I'm ashy. I'm a Ritz cracker. I'm yellow, but I'm still a cracker. See, <laughs> <laughs> Asian joke. Yeah, white trash. I don't know if I would take offense to that. Yeah. No, and I, I don't mean. Uh, it's just a description. Like, yo, he's white trash. He's whatever. I don't. We don't have a lot of derogatory terms for anybody. We really don't. Mm, it's. It, it might seem weird, but racism has really been big in our lives. Uh, my mother is full-born, full-blown Japanese, chink-eyed and shit. Uh, she born and raised Japanese, 24 years old, 23 years old when she left Japan. Uh, we grew up in Tennessee and Alabama until the early 80s, and racism in the South was really, really rampant in Tennessee and Alabama against Japanese. Um, there has been some racism inside my family. Nick, I think we spoke off the air a little bit about some of this racism. Uh, uh, early on, my mother's family did not accept my father. Japanese don't like the white guy. Uh, remember, my grandparents, grandfathers were both in the military. Uh, uh, so World War II, Japanese, American, we all don't get along. Um, some of my older American family very much are not fond of the Japanese side of my family. So uh, anybody who's around now is all pretty good about it. But there, there's been some very strong racist emotions in our families. Um, also dealing with a lot of it growing up, just a, a lot of racism. Even in California, fucking 1992, dude. I went to a school that Jap bashed. Literally, Jap bashed was a term. And they were beating up, like, if you were driving a Mazda, chances are they trash your Mazda in the fucking parking lot of our school or somewhere and shit like that. I got torn apart every fucking day in English class by this fucking stupid kid. Um because I'm half Asian, and he would just shit on me because of my race. So, it's, I don't see, uh, I, we were not very racist people. I think it's because we grew up with a lot of it. And, uh, dude, I, we were just in Florida, and some lady was being ignorant as fuck and yelling in my ear. When I finally moved, she says, oh, excuse me, am I yelling in your ear? I'm like, yeah, actually, you are. And I just kind of walked away. And apparently she shit on Hispanics sitting right there in front of Valerie and the rest of her family, which is also my family by extension, right? Um, I'm super glad I didn't hear it, but I was attacked in a racist way just a few days ago because I'm Hispanic. <laughs> the fuck, dude? I'm, I, can you see these high eyes? I am Chinese. <laughs> Get that right now. <laughs> if you're not American. If you ain't right, you ain't right. <laughs> I've been told that like multiple times in my life. That was a kid in high school. If you ain't white, you ain't right. And just shit on me for it. When I was coming through customs, I was just thinking about people not knowing where people are from and just making assumptions. But me and Izzy, Izzy and I were coming through customs and they, uh, maybe it was a connecting flight. Yeah, I think it was going from Hawaii to wherever we went next. And the guy asked for our driver's license. So we both have Queen, oh, yeah, Australian driver's license. It's got Australia written on it. It's got a map of Australia. That's written Queensland underneath it. And the guy looks at him. He's like, oh. Alabama? No, and then he's like, oh, are these Canadian? <laughs> like, <laughs> at, at no point is there anything Canadian on there. <laughs> like, Australia's written all over it. But he's just like, oh, they're not from America. They must be Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, unless you have brown skin, then you'd be Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not, not American, still white. Gotta yeah. be Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian for sure. <laughs> Just a funny talking Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy how cl- unaware, not closed-minded, but how how le- how much of a lack of exposure some Americans have to other races and other cultures. But then I, you think about it, you know, outside of Australia, you go to to Europe, and every country is the size of one of our smaller states. 
So exposure to other cultures is just natural. And here we our, our cultural exposure is New York versus Alabama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, that right there, some bitch, that's where it comes from. Yeah. It's funny in Rocheron, though, because for a long time we did have those. <laughs> well, <You're> right. <laughs> but no, like we had those, uh, like a lot of foreign people coming over for the package and stuff like that. So we almost did have like a little cultural center yeah. where mm. a lot of people were mixing in. And I'm sure the people at the gas station now are a little more used to to people speaking uh, different languages. Texas. or Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just like an Australian accent, for example. It's just, it's weird because I don't imagine like a small town in Texas having that like little diverse group of people. Yeah, true. But for a while with the package, we had that like all the time. People coming in from, from Europe or Australia or even Canada. Not that that's very exotic, <laughs> <laughs> but you know. Well, how's that Scott new Rumble is exotic, yeah. bro. <laughs> how's that new survey down the road with the... Burger King? Yeah, with that one. Never been to it. I've been in the gas fancy. station. It's yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty nice. I yeah. think the prices are a little bit higher, but like it's by the right by the highway. Yeah. So. Do you use the term highway? What would you call it? Yeah, highway, motorway, motorway. Depending on, it's right by the motorway. <laughs> yeah, right yeah, by, by the highway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a little classier joint than the. What would you call the servo that's right next to the drop zone? Yeah, it's a little servo. It, well, we used to call it the Rochev. We used to call it. Rochev some people run. still call it the corner store. Like I'm gonna go over to the. Server. <laughs> <laughs> go if back to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> if it's got any like any sort of petrol bowsers, the server. Well, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I just wondered if it had a nickname in your time on the jump package because oh, surely sorry, I thought you, meant, like, you and the it? other Aussie cunts were all calling it the servo. Uh. <clears throat> I still like the Rochev. Or Chevron. Rochev, yeah. mm-hmm. Rochevron. It was yeah, a Chevron for a while. Out. I always just called it the gas station. Yeah, that works. Yeah. yeah. Call it the corner store or the Rochevron. Corner, corner store. Call it the corner store, I think, for the first three or four years I was here. We Rochevron came out somewhere during my time frame being here. And when somebody coined it, we were like, well, that's going to fucking stick, dude. That's money. I'm just going to start calling it the servo in honor of you, Blair. Thank you. All right. <laughs> yeah, I but like, do you, I feel like you have to say it with the accent because it just doesn't sound right. Do, what do you think? Servo. Do you think it sounds right with servo. an American accent? Servo. 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 I think Servo. it sounds right with the American. Say it one more time for me. Servo. 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 So what do you guys think of when you hear the word servo? Beside you, Blair. What do you think of? Servo? If if I didn't hear it in an Australian accent, if someone just said servo? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like a sporting term that I'm not familiar with. I don't know. My mind immediately goes to like a server in a restaurant. Like if I didn't know what that term was, it probably was like, eh, maybe it's like a slang term for a server servo is a little motorized oh yeah like, gear thing yeah. for like servo. rcs the little motor thing that turns your wheels turns levers there's servos yeah i can that's i can understand i can imagine that being a mechanical term yeah, yeah. so I, that's where my brain goes to man i i cut that off but we are getting to a point where we turn into a pumpkin unless nick hits some roller Dude, skates i might go ro- that that uh alani drink has got me a little turned up right got now. you cracked Dude, you should just come skate. Fuck it. I don't have skates. I mean, they have skates at the skating place. Oh, yeah, true. I keep thinking it's like an outdoor arena. No, it's an indoor <laughs> it's place. Like sketchy lights, and someone's just got a boombox in the middle. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> I mean, there, there are sketchy lights, and uh, there's music. There's music, People yeah. in the middle. Can I be in the middle and dance? Dude, if you can hang with the group. <laughs> you just have to have skates on. That's the only thing. True. It, dude, it's a, it's, a fun, it's a fun thing. Well, man, speaking of fun things, Mr. Bless Smith, thank you for being here. Sorry, we've got a wrap, guys and gals, but it is so getting good. late. It's uh, I'm going to pass out any minute now. Uh, anything you want to share with friends and family watching, sharing, talking, listening? No. That's miss Maxi. Ha! Know who I don't miss? 
Ben Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Ben. Now, if anyone's in town, I think I'm going to try and jump tomorrow on the next day, so come jump. Woo. Tomorrow Yo. looks beautiful oh, if you guys yeah. are still here in this. Tomorrow, Sunday, Saturday, all weekend. It looks great at Skydive Spaceland, Houston. Come out Friday, Saturday. Check out Mr. Blair Smith. Uh, Till then, Friday Lab Radio, Blue Skies. I'm going to go fucking take some Michael and pass the fuck out. <laughs> Don't pee the bed. Order. That sounds like a good day. I'm <laughs> peeing the bed. I'm in. Let's go. Sorry, Val. <laughs> servo. Servo. <laughs> servo. The fucking servo. Servo. What's your servo. favorite thing to eat at the servo? Well, actually, so when we were, when I was leaving with Peterson, I was like, oh, do they still serve like the breakfast burritos and stuff here? He's like, oh, I wouldn't eat those. I was like, that was like my treat food when I was here. Like, <laughs> that's if a, I wanted something that's good. That's a fancy yeah. night out. <laughs> yeah, I'll go to that one. Otherwise, it's my frozen lasagna. Frozen nope. lasagna? Rather go to the At the Dollar General. Oh, okay. <laughs> I lived off that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that and like chips or like whatever you can scrounge up. Yeah. <laughs>